So for the Colorado Avalanche, it's Nathan McKinnon, Evan Rodriguez, Arturi Lekin, and Boam Byram, and Kel McCarr, JT Confer, Val Nachuskin, Miko Ranton, and Devin Tays, and Sam Gerrard. Lars Eller is injured, so it's going to be Darren Helm on the third line with Alex Newhook and Dennis Mulligan with Eric Johnson and Josh Manson. Then Ben Myers, Andrew Cogliano is also out, so that could mean Matt Nieto. And on the other side for Logan O'Connor. And then it'll be Alexander Gurgiev in net for the Colorado Avalanche and for the Seattle Kraken. It sounds like this. Manny Beneers, Jared McCann, Jordan Eberle, Vince Dunn, and Adam Larson. Alex Wenberg, Jaden Schwartz, Morgan Geeky with Jamie Alexiak and Will Borgen. Yanni Gord, Ellie Tolvin, and Oliver Bjork, Stram with Carson Soucy and Justin Schultz. Ryan Donato, Brandon Tanev, and Daniel Sprung with Philip Grubauer. Backing up in the cage for the Seattle Kraken. Alec, this is a huge game. The series is tied at one, and it's the first ever playoff game at Climate Pledge Arena. Expect it to be a wild crowd here in Seattle. First game that any Seattle team is going to be playing here in night since 1919 when the Metropolitans were around. And the first playoff game by a Seattle team to be represent the city since 1924 when the Metropolitans lost in the PCHA final to the Vancouver Maroons, if I'm remembering this correctly. So, electric crowd here is all packed up. Same thing, all packed crowd, similar to Seahawks and Mariners games when they're in the playoffs. Yeah. So, expects to be loud and proud. It's going to be a lot of fun here. We already had a couple games going to OT. The Golden Knights beat the Jets in double OT. They surrendered a three-goal lead. Vegas ended up finishing it off. And we're going to keep track here of the Maple Leafs and the Lightning. We'll let you know what's going on with that. Ryan O'Reilly scored the game winner. And Alec, I mean, it was absolutely nuts. We saw Steven Stamkos drop the gloves with Austin Matthews. Oh, that was also Matthews' first career fight as well, just to keep track of things. And Tampa, they're dealing with all sorts of adversity heading into that overtime period. So they have to be furious after a disallowed goal and a missed trip. So here we go. In Seattle, in its second season of existence, they're already hosting a playoff game after having a true expansion year, as this is an opportunity for Seattle. Quickly try to get this out of their own zone, and Nathan McKinnon, number 29, will pick this up off the backhand, off the forehand, and this is a good steal as Seattle look to go left to right. Oliver Bjorkstrand trying to go straight down the middle of the ice as it's Bowen Byram that takes him down. And this is recollected by L.A. Tolvanen. Tolvanen now will get it to the D as this will be flipped in and now getting right back to Tolvanen on the right side of the red line. Byram still in his face as this is picked up by Evan Rodriguez trying to be played off the backhand, intercepted by Seattle and kept in nicely by Will Borgen off the skate before Colorado will pick it up. So Colorado, admittedly, Alec doesn't have the same amount of depth as they did from last year, and they're going to be in a series here against Seattle. Same. Yeah, for sure. As you look at this, the depth from last year isn't comparable. It, it, it's much deeper than that of this year. But good job by Philip Grubauer early on to turn away several chances right in front. Yeah, there was a couple of rebounds there that Grubauer said no to. Tolvanen's still out there. He's trying to get a piece of the puck. And this will be in the high side blue line as it's crisscross. Now I'm behind the net and cage of Grubauer. That's Colorado still with this thing as they work this from the left side of the red line. Sam Gerrard's pass goes out of the zone. And Seattle can quickly take full-scale line changes as this is dumped back in by the Avalanche. So it's a 1-1 series tie, and this is a pivotal swing game here in Game 3. Suju goes up 2-1.
And Seattle's done very well for themselves, Alec. And Philip Grubauer, he's really provided the goaltending that this team needs if they want to go far. Yeah, for sure. If you look at up and down the lineup, Seattle knows how to score what, no matter who's out there on the ice. Yes, they do. They certainly draw it all four lines for Dave Hextall's squad. Huge rebound, and Matty Beniers couldn't locate it. Again, that's the jersey that I'm wearing on the part of this stream as this is flipped in now toward the right side of the faceoff. Down a stick chop, take it out of the hand. Everline tried to set it up on the other end for McCann. And now this is chaos. An opportunity for Schultz near the right side. Now that's flipped on and solved by Gurgi at the top of his mask. And now more body contact there. Manson delivering a hit. We're going to get a call as the towels are waving at Climate Pledge. First power play at Climate Pledge Arena. Here we go. Everyone in Seattle should be hyped up about this one. I think the call... Well, did Arturi Lekkonen got knocked off his stick, but that's not what the pony is about. I'm guessing there was about uh, the push down in front of Alexander Georgiev right in front. Man, this has already been a game that we've seen in the first maybe two and a half minutes. It's exactly where we're at, where there's been a lot of opportunities, and both of these goaltenders have already been tested pretty good, Alex. Yep, and now I expect Georgiev to get tested even more now that Ben Myers is in the box for that cross-check. So Ben Myers officially in the box at 2.30, and this will allow Seattle to get their first ever power play here on the playoffs at Climate Pledge, as Alec was saying. And this is recollected now, trying to be flipped up off the glass, and this will go into the player's bench. At 17.22, we get a stoppage. And, and I'm excited to wonder what's going on with the Leafs' boats game, because, ladies and gentlemen, if one last-minute tying goal wasn't enough, Prepare yourselves for two. First, we had Adam Lowry, now Ryan O'Reilly. And we're going to keep watch on that. Admittedly, it's on the top right of our screen. Is a break attempted pass there for Colorado. This should be played off the end boards, but it will be Seattle that will pick it up near the left side of the red line. Oliver Bjorkstrand send this across, and now Seattle will get all settled here with Tolvin and make the back pass here as this is Power play line number two, Bjorkstrand will send the drop as Tolvanen will get it in. Gurgiev will hold on to the top right of the post on the stand-up as, again, Ben Myers is in the box for a slashing call, and this is sent back down the ice. Touches a stick of Grubauer now for Justin Schultz, and Schultz waiting out toward the right side of the wall and will instead make that drop pass, and Seattle will attempt to go left to right. Seattle now across the tentacle S. This is short, so I'll spin this around the inboards now. And collected to the left side of the wall. Seattle still patient, trying to move this puck around. This is in the high slot. Veneers was open on the other end, and this could be another breakout pass. And this will get picked up here by O'Connor as he'll flip this back around the kick plate. Settle back down by Seattle now with 35 seconds left to go in their power play. John Under with them, the play-by-play -play being joined by Alec Nava as we take in this historic playoff game for Seattle. Just their second season in a 1-1 series tie with the Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champions. This is good contact near the right side of the wall. This Colorado trying to keep this forced, but I think they're going to blow this play dead with a hand pass. Yeah, they are, and, and I, I wait to see who gets the first goal at Climate Pledge Arena to get marked down onto the Jeopardy board maybe 50, 50 or 30 years later. 
That's a good call from you on that side, because it's definitely going to be a trivia question, and this is going to be a memory, Alec, that, I mean, even you and I watching all this stuff, we'll, we'll remember this forever in this game, no matter what the scoreline is, as it's flipped down. Ten seconds left to go in this Seattle power play. It's the first of the game. We're scoreless here, about 15.30 left to go in the first thereabouts, right, when the power play is going to expire, and this gets dumped in. Evan Rodriguez will take a look as Larson... Dumped it in. This is kept in by Seattle. And spun around the left side of the red line. Seattle now trying to play this off the backhand. And this is a good pickup by the Avalanche as it sent the inner way. And they'll just go ahead and take some changes. And I will pull up my rosters on that side for Seattle as they're in behind the net. Recollected. Yanni Gord will send this off the backhand. Brandon Tanev, Turbo. He's being blasted off the puck near the zebra here comes a slap shot that was larson that set it up and gurgi had made a good save that thing was blasting at 90 miles an hour adam larson known for having those blazing one-timers fires one from the right point probably where you expect michael stone of the calgary flames to fire some of those one-timers from that's an absolutely good call by you. Again, Stone is one of the fastest shots in the league. And I was very surprised that the Calgary Flames would be sitting home because, again, when you think about their point totals, they had more than Florida. And Florida's in the postseason against the Boston Bruins. And they're only down 2-1 in that series. Seattle gets this in now off the faceoff win. Now working in behind the net. Good spin move by Yanni Gord as he settles this back to the defense. And this can't be held in by Larson. But how quickly does Chip this the other about the follow-through? as this will stay with the Colorado Avalanche. They try to look for an outlet pass here for Nathan McKinnon. This will rattle around the end boards. In the game between Toronto and Tampa Bay, it's at a stoppage of 14.06 in OT. They go ranting in with a wrister, and this one is a glove save by Grubauer, and it goes in behind the net as Seattle will try to find some traction in the other direction. Donato will fire this one in as it's wrapped around the end boards now. 14-15 left to go in the first. It's a 3-1 shots on goal advantage for Seattle. We're still scoreless here in the first. Evan Rodriguez gets away from a double hit, and this is Oliver Bjorkstrand. He's up on the races here against Myers. Finishes his check. Bjorkstrand trying to keep this alive out in front. Couple opportunities for Shorts. I think he fanned on the first one. But this stays with Seattle. Here's Schultz scores! There you go. Mark that onto the Jeopardy board. So Justin Schultz, a shot from the point, and it found its way through. And look at this crowd. They're all on their feet, waving those towels to the tune of Nirvana. Man, Alec, that is really cool. I gotta say, Jaden Shorts. He is the one, the former St. Louis Blue. He's that trivia question, as Alex said. He tried to get tipped out of the air by some hands, but a great job, Alec, for Seattle to keep it alive. Screen out in front, no chance for Gurgiev. Yep, was screened right in front. I believe that was Sam Gerrard who had that one screen in front of Gurgiev. He couldn't see it. Had trouble locating it. And by the time he finally did, it's behind him, right in the net. No doubt about it. So Seattle takes the early lead. And Alec, this is the third time, the third game in the series, where Seattle has been out in front. They were out in front 2-0 in game two before Colorado found their offense with back-to-back -back goals in a stretch of about two minutes. There you go. So Eberle will flip this around. And we'll see what Seattle can do for an encore here. They got the lead, but you know that Colorado's going to push. It's Velnichuskin 
near the right side wing. As this is sent back across, Rubar took a look at it, but this one near the left side of the blue paint. Seattle with the forehand pass as it's Eberle now. Good sauce in the middle. Try to stick drag and shoot straight away. Beneers with another opportunity, and that's found by Gergiev. And, and that's what Seattle is doing. Frustrate the defending champions early on. And they're doing that here with the to the tune of five shots to one. This is a great start for Seattle. We will see if they can continue to keep it. But as we said throughout this series, and I'll just give a little quick reset from some of the notes that I have in front. Seattle won the first game three to one. It was Tolvin and Wenberg and Geeky that scored. Grubar was outstanding. He stopped 34 out of 35. And even when Colorado won game two, Seattle still raced out to a 2 nothing lead in the first behind Schultz and Turbo, Brandon Tanev. And it was, again, Philip Grubauer. He was still superb in the loss. He stopped 38 out of 41. And this is far and away the best that he's played in a Seattle uniform. Talk about standing on your head against your former team. Yeah, no doubt about it, and they're going to need it because, again, when I talked in some of these things in the previews, and I know Alec will agree with this, I think if Seattle was going to go ahead and win this series, they would likely have to have a goaltender bump up about 25 points on their save percentage, but he's done that. No doubt, because he definitely has, and by the looks of it, he could steal some more games, and if Seattle were to win this series, as you point out, it has to be about him stepping up in the playoffs, and most certainly he has done so here against his former team. So, admittedly, Alec, as we're in a commercial break, I just want to ask you, if Seattle does get out of this series, and let's say they do beat the Avalanche, do you think that they're going to go farther? Mm, that, 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 that could be an interesting question to ask about, because the next team that they can face, as we see over the bracket could be either one of Dallas or Minnesota. And Minnesota, they're weathering the storm against Dallas and fighting them off with the physicality. So what, what, we, we could, what most people had in their brackets, they're not seeing possibly the opposite of what they expected. <laughs> no, you're right. And I'm just throwing that out there because the way, even let's say we know Colorado's lost some depth, but it's still the defending Stanley Cup champions. And if Seattle were to knock them off, Who's to say? You can't write them off for the rest of the rounds. They'd be a very dangerous opponent the way that they roll out all four lines and play defense. Yeah. 13-14 left to go in the first here. We're looking at the other score line as well. It's still 3-3 between Toronto and Tampa. About 9:41 left to go in that OT. As this gets knocked away from Devin Taze, but this is kept in the zone just before the pass gets matriculated down. And this will find... Philip Grubauer, so it's a one nothing lead for Seattle. And of note, 7-1 to one on the shots on goal board here as we're watching this one on True TV. And I'm assuming that once the Toronto and Tampa Bay game gets moved over, we will have to switch back over to TBS, but we will figure that out when we get to it. As this is collected now by Comfer. He'll stop. We'll fire this around the end boards for Nieto as Tanev will finish his check. Miko Rantanen out there as well as this will go back into the Avalanche defensive end. And, and as Alex said, I know we talked a little bit on the Monday side at the beginning of the week, this is not a Nashville team without Yusei Saros. The Seattle Kraken are definitely a team 
that can be very formidable. And Colorado is finding that out right now. It's very dangerous when you don't have to just shut down one line. That's how good Seattle is. They can roll out all four. As this is a battle now in the defensive end. And this is recollected by the Abs. 11.55. Love to go on the first. It's an early lead for Seattle. Nathan McKinnon, he could be an absolute game breaker. Here's a drop pass. And this one is shot high near the left side of the wall. As it's recollected by Bowen Byram. Good looking young defenseman for the Abs. McKinnon into the traffic. And this gets deflected. Actually, friendly fire off Arturi Lackanen as Evan Rodriguez will send this back around. Bowen Byram can walk into a wrist shot if he wants to. It's a slow one and a tip. Nathan McKinnon on the doorstep as Lackanen gets taken down and we get a stoppage. So there's some more offensive chances that Colorado is looking to get through consistently over for the rest of the game. And I feel they should do more consistently. So get to the front of the net. That's one key on emphasizing. They send two players right in front of the net. Those being Arturi Lekkinen and Evan Rodriguez. So that's that's what you emphasize in crashing the net there. And they want to put that emphasis to send bodies right in the lane. Yeah, they got to do something, Alec, and they also have to increase their activity level here against Grubar. We know that he's been hot, but if you're not testing him, you're doing yourself a disservice. I know that that's easy to say. As we look at Jared Bednar... On the other end, and boy, he's been one of the uh, stalwarts as far as NHL coaching. Matty Beniers will go ahead and get a chance to take this draw, and we will do it again. I believe it's going to be Eller that gets kicked out, and it'll be Beniers one more time. So Beniers can't win it clean, and this will go back to Sam Girard off the backhand opportunity, and that was a lot of power, but that got whistled wide. Recollected now by Colorado as this is spun around off the half. Eller. We'll try to find it, as this is Carson Soucy. We'll send it the other way near the left side of the red line. Stays with the avalanche. A great job off of the pass just to get this away back into the defensive zone. This will be Colorado. Patient and taking some wholesale line changes here. 11 minutes left to go in the first. It's a one nothing lead for Seattle. It was Shorts with the goal, Jaden Shorts. 7-3 on the shot board now. As it's Eller, he tries to locate near the left side faceoff dot. Here's his spin, and eluding there is Nieto. Nieto will pick it back up again. He was reacquired at the trade deadline. He's used to playing in Colorado, as this is recollected by the Seattle Kraken in their own end, and they'll take their time here. Daniel Sprung will have a look at it, but forwards on a little bit of a breakout. As here's a long pass right down the middle of the ice. It's Daniel Sprung, and this one gets deflected up and on a plate. So Seattle have another chance to probably get one more on the board and get this crowd hyped up. And, and the fans are standing right on their feet right here. Probably, maybe they can do the wave if, if this game is getting out of hand. But I highly doubt that's going to happen. But meanwhile, I have to wait on Leafs Bulls because that game, ironically enough, same exact score heading into overtime of last year's game six. And it is interesting. We will keep our eyes on it right now. We see the time continuing to count down. Manny Beniers. Probably going to get the Calder, 24 goals, 33 assists, and 57 points as he leads all rookies. And he's getting his first taste of playoff action. Yeah, he's out up there with Stuart Skinner for the Calder Trophy. We'll see who, who comes away with it. Alexander Gurgiev, he stopped a long shot as Donato was stuck into some pushing and shoving with Johnson. And speaking of Stuart Skinner... I feel that his team needs to be more disciplined, especially over in the overtime periods, because game three of last night, and I was here listening to that along with you and Don, 
that felt like more of a deja vu of game one. A penalty and overtime that led to a Kings power play goal. I'm glad that you called that and said it that exact way, Alec, on that end, because I know there'll be some fans that are kind of thinking about the high stick that shouldn't have been or whatever that is like that. But again, it's another late penalty, and Leon Dreisaitl was the one that was trying to talk about discipline, and uh, Edmonton just hasn't had it. The Kings took advantage. Yeah. And this is recollected now by the Avalanche. 9.55 left to go in the first. New hook is stuck back up in his own end, and this will be collected the other way. As this is recaptured by Seattle with a long outstretched pass, and they'll gain the entry nicely off the back end. It's Susie. He's still patient, as they'll send this back there for Jaden Shorts. Shorts now will take a look at it with Turbo. Brandon Tanev sends this right back around near the right side of the red line. This is still with Seattle. I don't think they held the blue line. That's going to be blown dead. Yeah, yeah I felt that was offside. If there was a slight margin of white ice that was between the puck and the blue line. So, yeah, I didn't think they held it in. If you want to go ahead and invite Ian in, Alec, you can do that on that side. I'll leave you as the co-host. You can take care of all that. And we are following along on the YouTube side. I did ask if the... Kraken take a 2-1 series lead against the Avalanche tonight. Just five votes, but you all say yes on that side. So we will see what ends up happening. Uh, are you joining along? Yep. Yep. So how are we doing tonight, gentlemen? Oh, we're doing good. We are trying to uh, follow along in between the OT as well for Toronto and Tampa. That was a wild game, and it's still yep. a wild game. Well, it's a good... Well, well then... Um, uh, then I'll tell you what. How about how about this? You guys can. Uh, how about you guys focus primarily on the um, Avalanche and Kraken, and I'll keep an eye on what's happening in the uh, in the Lightning and Toronto. I'll and I'll switch over the broadcasts once this is over. Because yeah. right now. Uh, what happened? Oh no! Sorry, I thought. Uh, it looked like Toronto might have had a, uh, might have had a shot, but oh, actually, actually, there's a giveaway by the Lightning. You're welcome, Ben. Uh, the Leafs have uh, Toronto is taking this back into their own zone, but they're currently advancing um, up towards the blue line. They shoot the puck into Tam into the Tampa Bay zone, but there are no Leafs there to to corral it, and the puck goes back into the possession of the Bolts. All right, so there are the updates there for Leafs Bolts. So we're getting right back into action here in Abs Crack in the first ever playoff game at Climate Floods Arena. Kaffer Tappen interviewing Jared Bednar. So Jared Bednar, admittedly, I know last uh, season and with some of the stuff this year, he talked about all the injuries and everything that needed to be done and how the systems needed to be adjusted when you're losing all these star players. But... Even with all that, Alec, I think he's done a fantastic job for Colorado as they try to defend their championship. Yep, he is. Championship in all three levels, ECHL, AHL, and NHL. Yeah, no doubt about it as this goes off a couple of cracking players. We're officially nine minutes in. The left to go here, I should say, in the first. It's a one nothing lead for Seattle, courtesy of Jaden Shorts, as this is recollected by our Trey Lekkinen, and then stolen. Tolvanen will take his time, as they can get some full shell line changes here for Dave Hextall's squad. Eight shots to four. 
in favor of Seattle as well as Adam Larson, the former Edmonton Oiler, will flip this one down the ice. Now picked up across the red line. This is almost intercepted by the Avalanche as Nico Rantanen tried to be the first to get to it, but this will be picked up by Seattle. Here's a good back pass, and this might allow a flip in there for Shorts to get a piece of it as this eludes Ben Myers. He absorbs a hit, and then Miko Rantanen can take this right to left with a little bit of a stretch pass. Now this will find a chance for Helm. He'll play this off the backhanded attempt. Confer will take a look. He'll throw the stick out there as Miko Rantanen has it. And behind the net, but this goes right to Turbo. Tanev will put this ahead before this gets collected by Colorado and across the red line. And a series of line changes here for Seattle as it touches the stick of Philip Grubauer with 7.50 left to go on the first. Again, we are carrying this one on True TV. TBS still has Toronto and the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's about 4.30 in overtime. Again, Ian will give us the updates on that once we get a goal until we can get our focus primarily set up on one game because there's been a host of OT games, gentlemen, here today. It's been a very good uh, night of action here in the Stanley Cup playoffs as we're pretty much in game threes on all of this side as this is recollected. Carson Soucy made a good backhanded play in his own end as Colorado was trying to provide a little bit of a pinch. Eberle will locate it as this goes between a couple of skate blades and now Colorado quickly on the rush. Here's a drop for Byram. He lets it go and this is a good block the other way for Seattle as we get a penalty hand in the air. I wonder who this call is on about because I I didn't catch that. So 7-11 at the first period. 7-11. <laughs> Yes, it is. It's open all night at the convenience store. This is going to go against Seattle for a slash, apparently, as I see Dave Hextall none too pleased. And we'll see who it's going to be on. It's going to be Carson Soucy, who was picked for the expansion draft off the Minnesota Wild, and Colorado on the power play. They have not converted in any one of their four tries, and they gave up that shorty to Brandon Tanev last game. So this is a prime opportunity for them to convert. Well, Colorado can still be very dangerous on the power play here, Alec, with the personnel that they can provide. So we'll see what they can do. Miko Rantanen was the one that took the draw. And now it's Kel McCarr here for Nathan McKinnon. This is a chance for Rantanen. Now back to McKinnon near the left circle. He's patient and will dance. It's McCarr. Give it back to McKinnon. Fake the bomb near the right dot. Connor McDavid scored a couple goals there last night. Here's McKinnon. Now they're blocked by Seattle. And outreach of the stick. McKinnon will fire wide. Near the right post, as there's some body contact near the right side wall. This will go back to the high slot. McKinnon again with a whistler. And this one goes in behind the net. He missed the net three straight times. One of them was blocked. Here's Kale. He's in the high slot. Now lets it go. Pinballs off Seattle again. They're doing a great job holding on that box as this is picked up by McCarr. Here's McKinnon. They'll crisscross. McCarr with an outstretched pass. A great look in the middle of the slot. And what a save by Grubauer! Oh, how did he get that? Oh my goodness, Arturi Lekin had a great look right in the slot. Man, I was close to getting right in. Arturi Lekin got absolutely robbed. It was right in the middle of the circle, and Grubauer somehow found it. I know we didn't get the miles per hour on that one, but... That felt like 100 miles an hour right in front of the slot with a 1T, 1-D. Yeah, the 1-T, the more dangerous shots in the league. Yeah, that those one-timers can go up to 100 miles an hour. I felt this one might have went to in the low 90s. This is recollected now. 
It's a chance for Sam Girard. He was on the end of the pass across, and another opportunity, and another good save, Alec, by Philip Grubauer. These are some great chances. That last one was from Miko Rantanen. And what the Avalanche are doing with Miko Rantanen, whenever there's a face-up at the left circle on the power play, they put him right on the draw. That's what, what Gabe Landeskog did last year's playoffs and taking face-offs. Because when it's on the right circle, it's Nathan McKinnon taking those draws as yeah. he is right now. Uh, fellas, there, um, we may be coming, uh, we may be, things may be coming to an end here. Um, there, just now, just now, Taylor Radich let up two booming one-timers that were stopped, that were stopped by Sam Sono. As, and right now, and right now, um, Toronto has possession of the punk in their own zone. They're currently advancing into, into, into territory. Will, will update will update if anything if anything comes through oh my gosh martyr just uh, martyr just uh, got through got through four through four tampa bay players but could not shoot up but could not shoot on goal again we'll update with we'll update if a goal is scored in in this first overtime if not i will announce that there will be a second overtime so nathan mckinnon with a series of pirouettes he tried to find miko rantanen and that one got fired high, but Colorado got time for one more rush here with one minute left. Here, well, they just ended their power play, excuse me, 5.05 left to go in the first as this is recollected. Wemberg, he was the one that delivered a hit, but this stays in the defensive end of Kraken. What a great setup pass, Evan Rodriguez. We get a chance in the high slot as Gerard will fan on it, and the shot gets blocked by some friendly fire. As Newhook got a piece of it, and this is sent back down for Devin Tays, that will be iced. And as Ian was just saying, he got 55 seconds, it looks like, in between Toronto and Tampa before a second overtime. And our game now with the live coverage, it's one nothing still for Seattle. And the thing is about the two double overtime games so far in these playoffs, they came on dang it, one on Dallas's part, and the other on a bad giveaway by Dylan Sandberg at his own end. They were both on Dangit. We'll see if we don't have a Dangit in double overtime that leads to a goal. You're, you're just reminding me of Steve Dangle on that side. I'm going to have to go ahead and check those out because you're absolutely right. The Maple Leafs score! The Maple Leafs win! They take the lead! The series lead 2-1 by stealing one on Tampa's eyes. I, I didn't see who shot, who shot it. Um, I will tell you who got the final goal on the replay. This hit the top of the post as we were zoom action in our own oh game. A couple opportunities for Colorado. It's Taze, and now it's fired up and blockered high. We'll see if see if Seattle can quickly press the other way as Ian called it. We will give you the clarification as we get the hand in the air again. Let's just give you the goal reset for the Maple Leaf side, and it looks like I don't have this corrected just yet on well. my screen. So, so the camera is is focusing really hard on Morgan Riley. I'm assuming that he's the one that got that got the final goal. And yes, a wrist shot from out from way outside the zone, very much near the blue line, and he just risked that in. He just he just flipped that in. So, so let me take a look at this. So off the face-off draw, and it's moved up. Yeah, that was quick, and right off the face-off, I believe that was Riley. Yeah, Coach Rob was used as a screen on that play, so is Braden Point. The irony here, 
There was a tangle up between Riley and Point in the third period that led to Austin Matthews' first career fight and a line brawl. I have to point that as well because line brawl is always fun to watch, no matter if it's a rivalry game, regular season, or if it's a playoff game. So I want to point that out. So Riley, a quick shot off the draw from the half wall. Got through several players right in front, and the Leafs have taken the 2-1 series lead. They got to be dangerous with it, though, because they are 1-9 in their last 10 games when they have a series lead. That is, that is a heck of a... That is a very depressing stat if you're, if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. That is a very depressing stat. But, regardless, Toronto has stolen the game on on Tampa's ice. A that, quick turnaround from what happened in Game 6 last year. And also, you got to remember, the first game of this series... The Lightning stole that. The Lightning won a game on dominated on Toronto's ice. The second game, the Leafs came out firing and got one right back. This time, they're the first ones to capture a, a, a win on Tampa's ice, fellas. I don't, uh, fellas. I may be, I may be overstepping it a bit. But I think the Lightning and Leafs are going to go into a seven-game series. Do you see overtime in Game Seven? This is. I don't know. I don't know about overtime, but but it's definitely going to a Game Seven. This is an opportunity now for Seattle on the power plays. We just flipped back over to TBS, so we got everything squared away on that end. It's still one and nothing cracking as one of them blows a tire. Evan Rodriguez with a drop pass and scores! It's short-handed for JT Copper! Oh, I may be behind on the TBS feed right now because they're just switching over to that side. So Seattle has some good attack early in this power play. And this came on a wacky play. Oh, yes. One of the Krakens blew a tire right there, I believe. Was that Daniel Sprong that blew a tire? Oh, yeah, that was Daniel Sprong that blew a tire. And then Ed Rodriguez finds the man right in front, JT Comfer, who just had a breakout season this year. And he gets rewarded with the shorty. The second shorty of this series, by the way. And we're tied at one. You got to love the forehand, backhand. It's a classic move. And J.T. Coffer, I know that was a name that a lot of us had talked about last year to be able to step up and provide some big-time goals. In Colorado, they've been providing a lot of that pressure. And wouldn't you know it, they get a shorthanded goal against Seattle on their power play, so we'll see how they'll respond as this game's now even. they still got a minute 20 left to go here on their power play. As they'll gain the entry now, they're the right side of the line, and Beneers will drop it. And Lars Eller, he'll be the one that forced the poke check as Nathan McKinnon, or that was Confer out there, excuse me, he tried to flip this one back across, and this is recollected now by Sprong. He was the one that fell down, and now all of a sudden it just seems like Colorado has a little bit of that pressure as Lars Eller was trying to press. And this will fall back here to Justin Schultz, the former Washington Capitals man. He plays this off the back skate for some reason, and he gets taken down as... Jamie Alexiak was having a look at it, and this is flipped back down to Philip Grubauer. 2.55 left to go in this first. We have a tie game between the Avalanche and Seattle again. It's another one of those pivotal swing games to see who goes up 2-1. This has been a great series so far, as it's recollected now across the red line. 
an entry there for Wenberg, as this is picked up off of a stick, sent back around for Seattle, and this will be collected now off the forehand, get it across the red line, as Ellie Tolvin, and Tolvin, impatient, he's going to play this in the high slot, he'll get it right back, he's holding on to the right side, blow line, Bjorkstrand trying to send it across, and Seattle, looking a little discombobulated, as this gets sent back in their own end, here's a good outstretch pass, Bjorkstrand, and this was shot quickly before the defense arrived, and Gergiev made the save. So, just a little status update. Rangers-Devils is going to overtime tied at one. The third game today that we'll have an overtime playoff game. This is going to be exciting. Man, this just seems like every game, and again, it pretty much is every game so far, and we will see what happens here with Colorado and Seattle. Hopefully you're enjoying your Saturday night and you've kind of taken in hockey the whole day. I'd be jealous on that, and we've had OT everywhere as it's 2.05 left to go in the first, and this is flipped in. It was JT Copper shorthanded from Kel McCarr and Arturi Lekkanen. Some very special talent there for the Avs. And this is a dangerous turnover, Nathan McKinnon, the wrong guy to give it to. And this is a left pad saved by Grubauer as it's flipped down the ice across the red line. Tried to be collected by Eberle, but it's a delayed off sides. And this will have to be picked back up as this is an opportunity now for the Avalanche. They'll send this across, and the play was blown dead. Thankfully for Seattle, that would have been dangerous for Grubauer. Yeah, so much dangerous chances in favor of Colorado right there, and Grubauer getting tested here. And aside from that shorthanded goal, and by no fault of his own, but that shorthanded goal in which it was the defense, just you know, Daniel Sprong throwing a tire right there. Grubauer's been all right so far in this game. Yes, he so, has. Both of these goalies have been pretty good. Go ahead, Ian. So, um, hang on a sec. I need to make sure this is. I need to make sure this is right. So, I know this is not hockey related, but I just want to give an update on the Lakers and Grizzlies game right now. It is thirty-eight to nine Lakers, and they're already in the second quarter. <laughs> really? 38 oh my nine. goodness! This is a good opportunity for Gurgiev, and he made a couple of saves as that just stayed out of the right side red line. And now Seattle, they're trying to press in the last minute of 15 of the first stanza as McCann gets turned around. Colorado trying to make the play from the knees, and we get a tripping call against Seattle. McCann. Oh, so this is going to be a great chance for Colorado to get their first lead at Climate Plus Arena. So, bad penalty for Seattle to take. So, I'm not at that point now. So, Seattle trying to get out or trying to create some offensive chances there. But there was that stick in the lane that whistles down play. Yeah, that one came behind the net. Can't do that. No, you can't. I know we'll be getting the intermission. I'll have uh, Alec and Ian, since they're here, we'll take care of all the uh, intermission scores on that side as I get all the notes and everything else typed in for the game story. It'll be at hopelsportsguide.wordpress.com per usual. And then I think tomorrow I will be covering uh, Dallas and Minnesota on that, and we'll see if I'll have a guest host on that or not. But next week will be uh, Wednesday, Thursday, be the only days I think I'm going to be available. So well, a little bit of a hiatus after that. And there's just another penalty called... Yep, yep, and that was and that was because I, uh, I believe. Oh yeah, uh, Brandon Tanev jumped, um, got aggressive, and got aggressive and took the puck away and looked like he had an open, a decent shot at a shorthanded attempt, but got tripped by number eight. I yeah, believe Kevin that's Kevin Carr. 
It's Kel McCarr. So Kel McCarr, that's the wrong guy to go in the box at this time. You know what, honestly, when I look at his second look at it, did you think he honestly needed to trip Tanev there? Uh, I don't think so. I think that was a very, I don't want to say stick, that was a very unwise penalty. Sorry, a very I, I thought that Tanev talked right to his forehand to draw the penalty there, so I'm going to get credit to Tanev's part right there. As, Kelma, as he forced that penalty, so this was more of a smart, pen, a smart penalty to draw by Tanner. And here's a chance oh. the other way! It's Nathan McKinnon full fight! Scores! Yes. Oh, man! He just comes in like a bulldozer! Not, no, 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 I don't think bulldozer is the right, the right phrase. I was thinking more. He came in like an F. He came in like an F sixteen or an or, or an F eighteen because what? that man flew. I, he I outskated. Came a full flight. I'm, I'm gonna say, Alec. I know you like the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog memes and all. How about Sonic the Hedgehog there? You got yeah. the shoes and everything else on. Oh He's yeah, gone. that too. <laughs> he, he was absolutely gone there, Nathan McKinnon. So Kel McCarr goes to the box. McKinnon is the one that finishes his 42nd career postseason goal. Never gets old. Green Hill Zone. So 25 seconds left here in the first period, and Colorado has scored two straight. And it's not like Seattle hadn't played a bad period, but you have a couple giveaways of the wrong players. And that's how quickly it can end up in the back of your net. We're getting down to the last 10 seconds here of the first period. Battle near the right side of the neutral zone. Will Borgen try to pry it loose? But gentlemen, after one, you got a 2-1 lead for the Avs. Nice. Look, flips it right back. Ryan Lindgren. Around the boards, let's go over in the first two is Patrick Kane. Kane had that one knocked away by Graves, but now Rangers keep this in. However, this is Jacob Truba. Now loads to go for Kane. Kane shoots. That went off of Schmidt. And now Kreider keeps this in down low as Zibanejad had that one bounced off his stick. Curtis Lazar tried to keep this out, but it's held in by Truba. Down loads to go for Kane. Taking Truba's spot along the point. Kane over to the high spot. A quick one. And that is Schmidt making that stop. Keandre Miller could not keep this in. And now here comes the devil's the other way. Here's Jesper Boquist. And he'll just decide to shoot this around the near boards. And now picking this up is Curtis Lazar. Oh, he gets hammered along the near corner. As the Rangers flip this on the other way. Jonas, not Jonas Siegenbar, but it's John Marino flipping this up forward. Jesper Bratt after that switch. Timo Meyer shoots. Same rebound loose. And the Rangers sweep that on away. Vladimir Tarasenko, a nice clearing attempt. Artemi Panarin on the other side. Feeds it right for Truba. Truba gets tied up by Heischer, but breaks away from it. And now it's a flip, he flipped down that low to... Trojan now Fox and a long timer on the other side. Schmidt goes down. The puck goes over to the far boards where Severson clears it out. Ryan Lindgren on across to his defensive partner, Adam Fox. A force to go over. Trojan feeds Lindgren as he gains his own. Tyler Mott enters with him. Lindgren shoots it on his backhand. That went up high and into the netty. Well, I can tell you this, Alec, from just watching in off this live look-in, that New Jersey, again, it's not just because they're down 2-0, but they're playing their best game of the series. They're certainly fighting for their lives right now. They had a glorious opportunity. Sturkin said no, and then that was just brushed away from the blue paint, and it was Timo Meyer and Jesper Bratt. Yep. 
mired the trade deadline acquisitions. They're still in the intermission report between Avs and Kraken as the Devils win this faceoff. And they get this out of the zone, but racing to it was Adam Fox, loses that one to Eric Halla, the Hall of Famer, as some people like to call him, and now this puck bounces out of play. So 15.58 left to go in this OT. Again, as we talked about, it's been a slate of overtime games. And if we give you the full scoreboard here, again, to give you a live call while we were on when it was the Maple Leafs taking out the Lightning 4-3, the Golden Knights, they surrendered a three-goal lead in the third period, but they won in double overtime. And then this game is in overtime between the Devils and the Rangers tied at one. Michael Mario also with his first career playoff goal, so how about that for a double overtime winner? Ryan Lindgren controls behind the net, tries to be out in front, could not get right out. Jack Hughes keeps this in, but that pass was turned right over to Fox. Long stretch pass well down by Jack Hughes. He was looking for Mika's advantage at, now he's pursuing. Taken away by Ryan Graves, though. Graves feeding Andre Pollat. And the puck is bouncing on around. This lands on the stick of Fox. Up forward, this goes for Zibanejad. Zibanejad on a cross. Kreider! That was knocked away by Graves right in front. Nico Heischer had trouble handling this. This goes down low for the Rangers. But it's poked on away by Heischer, and this will be flipped all the way to the Rangers' blue line. Be fed up forward along the Rangers' bench. Bounced off a devil. Now it's picked up by Villocato. Chance to end it. This shot was moving slow. And now Alexi Lafreniere feeding his arm for Keto. He gets tied up. Heischer was on him, and now this is taken on away by Bratt. Centering it on for Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer fighting off some checks. Bratt kicked out by Easter Sturkin. Wasn't a dangerous chance, though. Schneider Phoenix up forward for one of the Rangers on a free on free. Dumped right up forward. I think it was Alexi Lafreniere who got the pass. It's a 1 1 game. The exact same score heading into the overtime of the last Rangers overtime playoff game. Tied at 1. It was the Carolina Hurricanes winning that 1 2 1 on an Ian Cole shot that bounced off of Ryan Lindgren and in. Here comes Benny Trojek. Skating around Kevin Ball. Feeding out in front. And that was up high and wide. Picking his on back is partner Panarin. Now my feet's frozen for some apparent reason. So Capo okay, will back send on. this all the way back down here for Vinny Trocek. And the Rangers will look to start again. I'll stick with this for a couple more minutes. And then we'll flip back over to our featured as this gets iced against the Rangers. I might be a little behind on this one, but... Still again. So what I just seen is a couple chances as Alec was talking about Mika Zibanejad trying to find an opportunity there for Kreider. I would have liked to have seen him shoot that one. Again, that wasn't just because I called him as the OT hero, but sometimes you look for a stretch pass and it doesn't connect. Eric Halla will be the one to go ahead and take this draw here for the Devils as this is a Panarin body contact and sent it out off the backhand. And if you are free and available here, Alec, I can flip it back over. But here's the Rangers, and this gets flubbed by Schmidt. Yeah, Vladimir Tarasenko took that shot. Was that him that took the shot? That's what I see. What you see? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it was Tarasenko receiving the backhand feed from Arjani Panarin. Yep, my feed is right back up and running. So good glove save by Akira Schmidt, the Swiss netminder. Comes to this game to relieve a Vitek Vanacek. 
And by no fault of Vanacek's own, but the Devils look lost on the ice in the first two games at Prudential Center. So exactly six minutes into this overtime period between the Rangers and Devils. Game three, Rangers up 2 nothing in the series. The Devils are looking to get this win on the road. Based off is won by Michael McLeod. This goes over to Jonas Siegenfauer. Siegenfauer feed is up through the near side for Tatar as he goes over to his backhand. Feeding Hamilton smoked it wide the net. And now Tatar could not pick this up. This goes over to the neutral zone back for Siegenfauer, the former Washington capital. Long stretch pass and that is dumped right in. Dawson Mercer leveling one of the Rangers. This is playoff hockey, everyone. Where all the hits come in, in all shapes and sizes. Nico Hatcher setting this around for Mercer, setting it up for Tatar. There's a broken stick on the play. Devils are set up because, but this pass goes right outside of the Devils' end. No, this is an icing against the Rangers. So we are going to be getting set here for Colorado and Seattle. They're showing JT Copper, short and a goal, and then McKinnon, 42nd playoff goal. Alexander Gurgiev, 10 saves and 11 shots on goal for the Avs. Philip Gerbar stopped 9 shots. Jaden Schwartz has a goal on 3 shot opportunities and 12 blocks. Was the most in the first period this season for the Kraken. So Nathan McKinnon continuing his postseason excellence. 42 career playoff goals dating back to 2014. Has two overtime winners as well. If you speak of overtimes, one in Game 5 in 2014 against Minnesota. The other 2019 Game 2 against Calgary. So if we get a scoring update, we will check on the other commercial break for the overtime between New Jersey and the New York Rangers. But we're underway against Colorado and Seattle. As that one's fought off by Gurgiev with the right pad and recollected now. So Colorado, they'll try to get this one going left to right again. They are in the... Uh, Cerulean as far as the pants, but they got the white shirts on top of the maroon part of the elbows, and this is picked up by the Seattle Kraken in their navy blue home, as this is at Climate Pledge Arena. This is the first playoff game in their history, and it's just their second season as a franchise. So very, very excited to be able to take this game, and alongside Alec Nava and Ian, and we're going to give you the play-by-play -play and game story and everything else that's done throughout as we turn back to even strength. It's a 2-1 lead here for the Avs, and again, it was just a snap of the fingers there. For the Avs to turn it the other way with J.T. Coffer and Nathan McKinnon. And it was Jaden Shorts for Seattle that opened the scoring. As this is picked up by Donato, but he's going to need some help. And Evan Rodriguez trying to fight off some body contact. As this is picked off near the right side of the boards. And McCann will send this one back as it's dumped down the ice by Seattle. And Gurgiev will take a look at it, but this will fall back to Velnichuskin. Quickly trying to push the other way. 31-2-3 in the regular season when leading after the first period are the Avalanche. And that shot gets fired up into the stomach of Grubauer. And this will be played. Yanni Gord off the reverse hit. Sends one of the Avalanche flying as this is sent back around the end boards. Again, Seattle when trailing after 1-7-16-1. That's not very good on that side. As this is recollected by Oliver Bjorkstrand. And somehow it found Grubauer. He held on. So all the hard work between these guys. Yeah, I'm just seeing the reverse hit now as Gore was bracing himself for that contact right nearby the sin bit. Boy, that could have been amazing to see about those reverse hits. Something about them really catches my eye. And you're going to see this one. You give me that replay you see on Nathan McKinnon. So Nathan McKinnon with that loose chance right in front, right in the blue paint. 
and he's been generating countless offense for, throughout this game here. Yanni Gord was staying in top with him and doing all the best he can on that defensive side. But then here comes this breakaway goal. Boom. 20 top speed. He was absolutely shot out of a cannon as it's Lars Eller trying to win a defensive zone draw. He can't do it. Carson Soucy will put this around the inboards there. It almost bounced in front, but Colorado able to find it and quickly clear this thing down the ice. But this will go against the Avalanche, so they can't change. So an icing here against the Avalanche. There is another icing in the Rangers-Devils game. Still no changes to scoring. Rangers up 34-26 in the shots on goal. And someone's wearing the Matt Zuccarello jersey. Interestingly, he leads the Wild in points in, in their play in their postseason. You got a Matt Zuccarello jersey in the Rangers and Devils game? Yeah, a Matt Zuccarello Rangers jersey. That's very cool on that side. So this gets recollected here. McKinnon from O'Connor. Here's McKinnon. Let's it go. This goes off the side of the backboard and recollected now by Nathan. They try to find an opportunity for Logan O'Connor. Step through here. Here's an opportunity drop. McCann sends this one across and this gets recollected now by Maddie Beneers. Keep it alive off the forehand but this goes out of play off sides here I should say for Will Borgen and we'll start this here again. So this will be an opportunity to reset here for Manson for the Avalanche and they will get an opportunity to take a breath as their forwards will take a change. 13-12 on the shot board in favor of Seattle, but Colorado got a pair of goals as this is sent back around. Miko Rantanen, that was a great steal, and a good save by Grubar with the right pad as this is sent back around. Bowen Byram will get this as this is flipped and stolen by Seattle, and now we'll see if they can push right to left with L.A. Tolvin and Tolvin in now. We'll play this off the backboards here for Alexiak, and this one got fanned on as Ben Myers will pick it back up and now here's Coffer good step through see if he can make something up into the right wall here's a drop pass a little bit for Byram and this gets knocked away as Miko Rantanen has to absorb a body check and recollect it almost a half trip there but this is right in front of the referee he doesn't call it as this stays right out in front Miko Rantanen tried to send it through the blue paint a couple of times but it got blocked by a host of Kraken as this is flipped right on near the right side of the wall and recollected off the verse hit again as this is sent back through the neutral zone where Colorado has it, they're patient, and they'll take their time with Sam Girard. As he's out there with Johnson, off the long stretch pass, as this is a double hit on the other end. Lekanen was the one that got punished with the help of Vince Dunn, picked up now by Sam Girard. As this is sent back around the embankment. Again, the money line is plus 265 for Seattle, so they're starting to think that Colorado is already going to be able to hold it the rest of the way. And we still have 15.45 left to go in the second. It's a 2-1 lead for the Avalanche. They're trying to find a 2-1 series lead. John out here with you on the play-by-play, -play, being joined by Alec Malvon Kohler, and Ian is also in there. To be able to give us some updates here for the Rangers and the Devils. Is that one is at 1-1? This is tipped, and a good save by Grubauer as he holds on. So, Ian, about the Rangers-Devils game, what are you seeing? So uh, right, so right now, right now it's just it's a battle of puck position. Right now, it, uh, neither team seems to want to hold on to the puck. Currently, the Rangers are um, one of the Rangers players is in uh, New Jersey territory. However, they just gave up the puck again, and now it looks like they're going to steal it back. No, 
Nope, no, the Devils actually cleared it. Now they're in the Ranger zone. Hope everything is good for you. It's too difficult to see. The Devils just scored. The Devils just scored. I'm not sure who it was. Who wears... Dougie Hamilton with the overtime. Oh, I got my pick correct. That's who Alec called him. We got a goal right when you said there was a goal. There's a goal here for the Avalanche. Kill McCarr. It's a 3-1 lead. Well, poetic. Poetic that the defensemen were going to score here. And, and that was a quick one-timer right off the faceoff. And Kale McCarr loading up from the right circle. Going around the same time as Dougie Hamilton had his overtime winner. And the Devils are back in the series. And the Avalanche, they're just cruising right past the Kraken early on. I know the Avalanche have what it takes to take on other teams in the playoffs right now. It's a 3-1 lead for them. What a ripper. And Alec, if I wasn't such a poor journalist, I'd have to put some money in the pot because you just called the OT winner in the Devils game. I'd have to send you some, my friend. Good job. Painted. Oh, here you go, Soup. Oh, top one. shelf. That was he a great went. shot there from McCarr. Yeah, that was top shelf. It was stuck right in the top of the left crossbar. Again, every other game that we've had has had OT, so we will see if Seattle can provide that same level of fight, but they're down two, and Colorado's starting to make that push. And again, if we're being honest with ourselves, gentlemen, didn't you think that Colorado would be able to come out here and maybe punch Seattle in the mouth considering they found their offense in game two, or am I crazy? Uh, no, you're not crazy, although I still think that Seattle's going to pull this off just because it I don't know. I don't know. I just have... It, it's a feeling. There, there's literally no substance behind it. So Oliver Bjorkstrand now, near the left side of the red line, as they'll spin this around the inboards, and this will be recollected. Logan O'Connor will find a chance for Byram. As they'll quickly race, Myers is all the way back in his own end, trying to get this out as more body contact is finished, and Grubauer will play this with the goal stick. And again, if you're Philip Grubauer, I really don't know how many of those shots. As this one bounces off the backboard, it was Yanni Gord fall right back to him, and he shot it wide. But I don't know how many of those shots that Grubauer would be able to save. Here's another opportunity for the Avalanche, picked up by O'Connor. And this is a good back pass. Yanni Gord trying to set it up as Jaden Shorts. He got canceled off by a host of Colorado Avalanche, Devin Tays was the one that absorbed the hit, and now it's Dennis Mulgan. Mulgan, he'll be patient, try to make a move, and this is recollected here by Yanni Gordon, the former Tampa Bay Lightning man, as this one gets dumped in. Sam Gerrard with some good body contact against Bjorkstrand as he hits the right boards hard, and now this is sent across for Big Jimmy Alexiak, looking for a tip out of the air, and Gergiev finds it and holds on. Oh, man, this is the playoff hockey that we're talking about. I wonder, because if you say that Seattle comes back and take this, then possibly could we see four overtime games on the same day? Oh, yeah, this was a wacky bounce right in front of Alexander Georgiev. Several wacky bounces from the big rig, Jamie Oleksiak, as we head to commercial break. So, Sue, we're pointing out, Ian, could we see three overtime games? Or four overtime games, I mean. If, if we do, I'm going to have to make sure I'll take a history lesson in my notes and see if we've ever had all overtime games on the same day in the first round because that would have to be some type of record. It would. 
unless it's happened before and it's just, you know, never been brought up again. <laughs> and so now, yeah, and remember last year, we had both Game 7s in a single day go to overtime, Rangers-Penguins and Flames-Stars. The home team won both of those games. Yeah, you're correct about that in last year's playoffs. Those were spectacular ones and ones to remember. So here's the critical question and that we're sitting in commercial break. Is that win for the Devils? Is that enough to get them a 2-2 series tie when they go back to Prudential Center? Because remember, Alec told me at the beginning of this, I think on Monday's side, he thought both teams would win both games on the road. And that's the first three games so far have been all road wins. Well... Here's so who was who was the starting goal? Was it um um I so so Schmid was making his first start. So I'm guessing the the guy before um before that Vanacek was was, was Vanacek. Yeah, Vanacek was the guy before Schmid. All right, so okay, Schmid except for one goal stood on his head. Same thing with uh, same thing with same thing with Chesty. So, so it's you know, Smead. I think is going to. I don't know if Smead is going to be able to do that again. So if if New Jersey want if New Jersey is going to take um take it back to Prudential with a two two tie. It cannot be a goalie duel again. They ha their offense has to wake up, up and down the lineup. So that means not only Jack Hughes and Dougie Hamilton had the goals tonight, but that also means guys it's like Jesper Brad, Dawson Mercer, Nico Heischer, Andre Palat, who is Mister Clutch for Tampa Bay back in his time there. Right. So we were just looking at a stat on the Seattle end. They led the NHL with the most 20-point scores. That kind of shows you how they can roll out all four lines. And they're going to need to create some pressure now because the Abs are holding on to a 3-1 lead in the first-ever playoff game of Climate Pledge. Here's an opportunity for Nathan McKinnon. Off the half spin. Great back pass. They try to get it right back to Nathan McKinnon near the left dot. Walk right in. Here's a slap. Grubauer down. But lacking it in an open net to shoot at. And he couldn't find it as he got stick lifted, and the puck goes up and out of play. My goodness. So that was a great rush by Colorado on a near two on one. Oh, nice spin right there by Nathan McKinnon. He had some sick stick handles earlier in this game. Oh, Bull Byer had an open look also as well. Because he had an open look bottom of the right circle. And that was a great opportunity for Colorado to make it 4-1. When you talk about guys like Kel McCarr and Nathan McKinnon from what we saw there, I understand where they are in the series, but you can't tell me those guys aren't superstars. They're absolute game-breakers, and everybody in the NHL will be drooling to have players like that when you see those type of sick skills, as this is tied up near the right side of the player's bench, and this will fall back to the avalanche as this gets flipped. Manson tries to get a piece of it. Yanni Gord will get stuck back in his own end. He'll just try to shovel this back around. Devin Tays will locate it as this gets away there from Yanni Gord and toward the right side of the boards. And now the Avalanche gets stuck in their own end as this will be an opportunity for Devin Tays. 
We'll send the pass off the embankment. This is some good body contact by Tolvernin. But here come the Avs again, and now it's Miko Rantanen. A couple of stick drags, but this will fall back to Grubauer as Matt Nieto gets tied up and the camera cuts away. So I'm guessing there's a lot of entanglement between these two teams. Because I'm not at that point just yet. So my feet is showing Devin Devontae's passing this up. And now that pickup by Nico Rantanen. Second best board on the ice yet. Bunch of entanglements. And some more good chance by Colorado to get up by Green, but still Grubauer. By no fault of his own, he's been, he allowed for goals, but some of them were not his fault. Yeah. No, you know, it would have been tough to be able to make any of those saves, you're correct. I don't know if I said this when we were doing our predictions, Alec, but the one thing that was going to that was going to hurt uh, that was gonna hurt Seattle was their goaltending because unlike Vegas, they were not able to acquire anything at the deadline too short too short up. So they're either gotta roll with it so they're either gonna roll, have to roll with the, uh, the guy you get right now, Grubauer, or the or the insanely inconsistent Martin Jones. And that's what's going to kill him. Kill McCarr dances with the puck, sets up the one T for Byram. And that was a good slide over for Grubauer as Myers will collect. This will fall back to Devin Kays. There's a chance now. And this gets deflected, tipped out of the air, Byram. And we get a hand in the air for the referees. And we will see if this goes against the Avalanche. So, so there's that one tie by Bowen Byram on a great offensive opportunity that Grubauer stayed with the entire way. The, the Avalanche were just skating circles around the Kraken in the offensive zone with countless zone time. So maybe, I think this is a high stick, was it? This is blown with a high stick, correct. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I think that this puck was played with a high stick. So they want to ensure the safety of the players so that's Nobody gets poked right in the face. And again, when you think about the play at the high stick, you can't help but think about yesterday in between the L.A. Kings and the Edmonton Oilers when Trevor Moore scored the game-winning goal. As this gets recollected now for Jaden Shorts off the drop and a good save from a Vince Dunn opportunity. So there's a quick shot and a good, a good save right there. And you, you know about the high stick. It, it took a lengthy review. But it was deemed inconclusive because the puck did not change any direction when the stick seemingly hit the puck. Did you agree with that, Alec, very quickly? Honestly, I was in the wrong. I thought it was a high stick at first, but I'm in the wrong, I gotta admit. Because I was looking at it too, and I just thought it was a little inconclusive at the time. I just wasn't sure. But again, we can go back to it. You can't take penalties at the end, just like how the Oilers have been committed to doing. That was RNH, and they got scored on as the Kings took a 2-1 series lead. We'll see what happens Sunday night as it's Adam Larson with the puck now. And this is flipped, but not back out of the zone. This will fall back to the former St. Louis Blues and Vince Dunn. Again, they talked about just the other day about him being very deep in that depth chart for St. Louis. Well, now he's getting the uh, top six time as this is Ellie Tolvanen from Oliver Bjorkstrand, and he'll spin as Gord goes ahead and throws the head, now Tolvanen trying to do the same. Seattle just trying to find semblance of something to work with on the ice as they're down two to the defending Stanley Cup champs. Coffer tries to play it, and there is some huge body contact, 
and Grubauer's down, and this will be a penalty. Oh, so Grubauer down, I, I believe. Was that goaltender interference? Because I'm not sure that I didn't get to that point. So I'm getting the replay now, and you're about to see it. So Comfer going to oh, yeah. play Let's this off here. the backhand. And yeah, Comfer gets entangled there with Grubauer. I don't think he's got anywhere to go, but he's going to be taking a seat. They are calling it a slash on that part. So we'll see the replay here. So on the zone entry, one of the outs tries to beat Matt Nieto along the middle. A second pass goes across for J.T. Comfer. And just as he was going in on his backhand, I believe he gets he knocks Oliver Bjorkstrand accidentally off the stick. But we'll see the call. They called Ellie Tolvin in for slashing. Maybe that's what made uh, J.T. Comfer run into Grubauer. Oh, uh, so that's a 180. <coughs> so... 10-15 left to go in the second period. Colorado's on the power play. They've already been very dangerous. And here they go again for Miko Rantanen near the right side of the wall. As this gets recollected from McKinnon pass, and now it's Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr finds Rantanen near the right dot. He's patient off his forehand, trying to find an opportunity to get picked up here by the avalanche. Sent back around. Right side of the red line, Miko Rantanen. It's Kale McCarr one more time. In the high slot, as this is spun around for Nathan McKinnon. Here's Rantanen with a touch pass, and this falls in between the skates of Oliver Bjorkstrand, but not out, as this is sent back in. Bowen Byram has it, leaves it for Nathan McKinnon. He tries to look for a pass in the middle of the slot, and this will be sent back down. Kill will be the first to get to it, but 55 seconds left to go on the Colorado power play. Kill with a casual drop pass. And this will be an opportunity for number 29. He's got that speed. And I'll drop this back around for Miko Rantanen. It's Kale. That trifecta just had the puck as McCarr gets it back. Patient. Nathan McKinnon wants the one tee as it's Miko Rantanen. It's wrapped around, but it's not cleared as Kale's got it again. Pass gets deflected by Jared McCann, but this stays in the zone. As this is Evan Rodriguez. Send this across here for Nathan McKinnon. Miko Rantanen fans on it. And this will allow an opportunity. McCann, he tried to find it in between his skate blades, but he's off sides. That could have been an opportunity for Seattle, but it's for naught. Man, scorehanded goals got to be the best kinds of goals when it comes to when it comes to any situation. Because there's that poke, and one of the abs just stand on it, and then Jared McCann... Oh, yeah, he could not pick up it up right at the neutral zone because he was mad. That was awfully close, and when we get the replay there, there is just ice on the other end and no puck for Miko Rantanen. And that was a good-looking pass for Nathan McKinnon. It's hard to try to find the sauce pass in traffic, but when the guys are that talented, they can make those type of plays. But be that as it is, 8.35 left to go in the second. It's still a 3-1 lead for the Avalanche as they are really in control of this game. They do not score on the power play. And I dare I say it, Alec and Ian, on this side, I think Seattle must get the next goal. As this is Evan Rodriguez. Played in off the backhead for a cutting in San Gerard. He was on the uh, four-check side as this gets picked up by Newhook. It's a chance for Gerard into the traffic, and this is saved by Grubauer, but the rebound recollected by the Avs. And now Devin Taze here for Newhook. Fans on the wrist shot. Jamie Alexiak might have got a piece of it. 
as it's tased. We'll send the pass in across the red line as this gets flipped in. Long pass that gets touched by Grubauer near the left side of the stick and recollected by the Avalanche again before it's stolen by Seattle. But they're on the end of the shift except for Jordan Everlay as the Avalanche run into each other and now Mulgan able to get it as one of these. Seattle Kraken gets taken down. Walking right in, shooting, and solving it is Grubauer. That was O'Connor with the shot. Oh, there were some good chances, both teams. So Seattle on a two-on-two, onto the other side. And yeah, there was a big hit by one of Kraken. So the power play doesn't strike for your Colorado. So they were looking for a three-on-one chance right there. It doesn't hit, unfortunately. So, so on to our next commercial break. So what do you guys think right now in between this game? We've seen all the OTs. I know what Ian says. He thinks Seattle's going to come back. What say you, Alec? Mm, Colorado is holding in there tight and just putting on the claps on Seattle because they, they're one of the more underrated defensive teams in the NHL. They can roll out Devontae's and Kel McCarr together, one of the more dangerous one-two combos in the league. Then after that, you got a plethora of defensive talent, whether it be Sam Gerrard, Josh Manson, Vaughn Byron, or Eric Johnson. Even Jack Johnson got some reps in last year's Stanley Cup. Yeah. Jack Johnson got reps in last year's Stanley Cup final, and he had to play his role as a physical, hard-hitting defenseman. Didn't wasn't asked to do much. Yeah, he was brought back again at the deadline just to be able to make sure here from the Blackhawks side of it. I'm going to go ahead and say this. I think Colorado will pull out the victory from what we're seeing right now, the way that they've been pressing. But I will say Seattle makes it interesting. It's going to be a one-goal game. I'll go 4-3 Colorado. Good call. And I don't blame you that, so... If you say 4-3, regulation or overtime, that would be our fourth if it were overtime of the day. I, I think we got a little spoiled with overtime today. I'm going to say regulation. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And again, if you're a fan of all this stuff, just like we are giving you the commentary, it's been a wonderful night of hockey. This could be the best first-round action you'll get in 2023. I wonder how many more overtime games that we will get throughout this playoffs. The record is 28. 2017 had 27 games that went to overtime. 18 of them in the first round alone. That's absolutely incredible. As This is a face-off win here. A chance for Byram. This gets deflected. A little bit of friendly fire for the Avalanche. As Illy Tolvanen has it now. Gets us across the red line. Shots on goal are heavily in favor of the Avalanche now. 14-5 to in the second period. So they found that ignition switch on their offense. And they're starting to let it fly. It's 25-16 in totality as it's Seattle. Here's a chance. Jamie Alexiak, good move for a defenseman. Scores! Well, uh, John, you said it. Seattle needed to get the next goal. And they did. I didn't expect Jamie Alexiak, of all people. Let's get on board, folks. Let me guess. Another defenseman. Yes, sir. Yeah, another defenseman, you see. Because Kale McCarr scored the goal before. Jamie Alexiak. And even though he is the tallest defenseman by either team on either roster, 6'7", 255, all that frame, 
and he, he puts it on a sweet, sweet backhander. Jamie Alexiak got, of all people, Miko Rantanen in a blender. What a move! Yeah, oh, 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 yeah. You put one of the best offensive players in the league on a blender. That is even sweeter. What a yep. sick goal that was. And now Seattle, they're back into this, and their crowd is definitely going to be alive now as they were battling getting outshot. Left side in front, scores! Seattle ties it! <laughs> oh, man, this is a 180! And this a is why you wanted the jersey! We shot here. Maddie Baneers! Welcome to the playoffs, young man! That's his Got first of his young career. As he puts it in right on his second shot attempt. And oh, this crowd's electric. Chanting, let's go crack him to the tune of lithium. Hey, um, hey, Alec, what's that one thing you always say about, about hockey? A two-goal lead is the most, is the dangerous, most dangerous lead. lead. <laughs> How many, surreal. Seconds, how many seconds did that take, John? Was, was that like eight seconds in between? That was like it 15 felt... seconds there, Ian. It wasn't much at all. It was a rebound opportunity right for Berniers off the doorstep. Gurgiev made the first save. Berniers is the one that cleans it up, and it's pretty surreal. I think my heart started to beat an extra minute because I am indeed wearing the uh, Matty Berniers jersey that I got directly from Cooper Hopkins at the Seattle Shop. That's my Michigan guy on that end. So it's Nathan McKinnon. This will go the other way. It's a 3-3 game now, and this just kind of came out of nowhere. Oliver Bjorkstrand finishes a hit. And now it's loose in front again! And this one goes just wide to the left side of the red line. This is really starting to turn here as our tree in. We'll send this back the other way. Climate Pledge is in a frenzy. It's Bjorkstrand trying to skate in between three avalanche. Seattle just feeling themselves all of a sudden. Topper has it on the forehand. This one gets blocked by Larson. And pick back up now. Seattle quickly trying to press the other way with Bjorkstrand. As this is played near the left side of the red line. The Avalanche, dare I say it, fellas, they just need to get out and go to the second intermission with at least the game tied. As this gets intercepted across the tentacle S. It's Miko Rantanen. He'll make the spin after the interception and this will go to Seattle. Rushing down the other way. Trying to get around a host of sticks as Everlay, as this is cleared off the wall in Seattle in the midst of changes, they will dump this in. 5-15 left to go in the second. It's a 3-3 hockey game. Two goals about 15 seconds apart. When we get the commercial break, we will give you the official reset, as this is a wild scene in Seattle right now. This is absolutely incredible, as Schultz sends this back around the embankment. All the way down the ice in Seattle cannot change. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Two goals officially in 19 seconds for the Kraken. How wow. about that for this electric atmosphere? Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, just something, uh, just a little side note in um, from the Lakers and Memphis Grizzlies game. Uh, Elite, elite smack talker Dylan Brooks has been ejected for hitting LeBron James in the balls. 
Oh, then Dylan Brooks, he was talking trash about LeBron James after game two. And what do you know? You talk down the king, you have to take your best shot, and Dylan Brooks did not. So Well, take well technically he did take a shot. Just <laughs> just to the wrong part. Don't poke a bear. Four twenty-five left to go here in the third. I'm going to hold my comments here for now on that side because I do have a thought on that. As many Beneers, it's Myers! Oh, what a stop by Grubauer! As this is picked up now for McCann. He'll play this off the backhand as this gets into the neutral zone. Everlay will drop it back. And now Seattle gets an opportunity to reset here with Carson Soucy. And here's the stretch pass. This will touch the glove hand of Alexander Gurgiev. And now Seattle, quickly the other way. Evan Rodriguez will take a look as Nathan McKinnon off the toe drag. Plays it off the back pass now to Kel McCarr. He lost an edge. And Seattle and Everlay just got a piece of it to knock it away. They could have had a push, but it got taken away. Again, as Alex said, two goals in over 19 seconds span makes this a brand new hockey game. This has been an electric night. The Stanley Cup playoffs first round. Here's Evan Rodriguez. He had to get this most of body contact. That was Jamie Alexiak. As there's a broken twig in the middle of the ice. I guess that uh, Grubauer is just going to do some housekeeping. As this is sent back down the other way. And Comfer will send this across. I think one of the Seattle fans doesn't like that the stick got slashed out of the hand. They wanted a call. But we're still live with JT Comfer. Tries to find Miko Rantanen. This is sent the other way for Jaden Schwartz. And now this will be a rush. For Alexander Wenberg. Wenberg now near the right side of the dot. As he has to get around JT Comfer. And this will be turned over. Seattle's got it now near the right dot. As they'll send this back around the red line. Recollected off the backhand. And between the referee it's Vince Dunn to the traffic. Gurgiev makes the save. And sent back down. It's a race for the puck for Miko Rantanen. He's been on a long shift. And this will be sent back around the other way. Now in toward the right side of the glass and the boards. And the play is blown dead at 2.30. I think we're going to cross-check signal Alec. And it might be the avalanche going to the box. Maybe Cogliano. So there's that foot race to for the pocket by Miko Rantanen as he got beat up by Phil Grubauer to the puck on that shot. So I'm not at that point of the... County right there, so now I'm getting at the 230 mark, so yeah, Cogliano's complaining about it. he's mad that he's going to the box, he's arguing with the referees, so tonight's officials, they are Kyle O'Raymond and John Hebert, so and there you go, Cogliano might be headed off to the Sidbit. So this is a game, as you said, 19 seconds apart where it certainly turned. Not only did I think that Seattle needed to get the next goal, I didn't expect Jamie Alexiak, like we said, and then Matty Beneers right on the doorstep there from Gurgiev. But again, it just shows you that Seattle's not going away. I know you mentioned it from the first round that this isn't the Nashville Predators without Yusei Soros. Seattle's a good team, and that's a hell of a bounce back, and the answer is against the defending champs. Most definitely. So let's just give you a reset as we get into the middle of this commercial break. 
So it was in the first period, Jaden Schwartz from Justin Schultz. That was a rebound opportunity that was put in by the forward. Alex Wimberg got a secondary assist. Then GT Confer short-handed off the rush. It was forehand, backhand, finished off by the help of Kel McCarr and Alturi Lackin. Nathan McKinnon, 1915. It was in the last minute of the first period. It was shot out of a cannon off the steal from Nico Ranton and Devin Taze. It was a 2-1 lead for the Avs after one. Kel McCarr made it 3-1 with a blistering shot that was a, a bar down near the left side of the crossbar. And then Jamie Alexiak and Maddie Beniers, 19 seconds apart, Power move off the backhand by Jamie Alexiak. That was a stunner. But Gergia made the first save against Beneers. He finished it. He got his first career postseason goal. Not too bad for a rookie. Most definitely, because Matty Beneers, he's no stranger to this. I believe he was right in the NCAA tournament back in his days as a Michigan Wolverine, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was a big uh, win the year before against Quinnipiac, but Quinnipiac was able to take out the Wolverines this time and then finish off the Minnesota Golden Gophers. But it is pretty cool to be able to see Matthew Nyes also on the Toronto Maple Leafs from Minnesota. We're seeing a lot of young guns getting some big time in the postseason, Alec. Yep, the young guns coming up big here. Matthew Nyes even had his first career playoff point on an assist in the first Toronto goal of the game by Noel Chari. So it's done, and they just showed on the other end that Kel McCarr got slashed and there was no call, so that's why Cogliano was a little bit upset, and this will fall back to Philip Grubauer. So Seattle had just one power play before this, or just say 0 for 3, I should say. My, excuse me, one shot 0 for 3, and this gets recollected. Now that must be just for the series, as this is sent back around now. Again, we are in Game 3 on that side. Devin Tays. Now with Wimberg is an opportunity for our Trey Lekkinen to find it as well. As Seattle can't hold this in the offensive zone. They race for the puck again. That's Seattle will win. But they'll have to get started again right to left. Again, they are in the home navies. It's the first ever home playoff game at Climate Pledge Arena. Seattle's just in their second season. As Manny Beneers, he's the latest goal scorer of the University of Michigan Wolverine. He'll flip this in. This goes high and off the right side of the glass, but he'll recollect and he'll sauce this. This one is held in. Carson Soucy, now Yanni Gord. As this is picked up here for Jordan Eberle, former Oiler. Or Eberle try to get the pass, and he'll have to pick it up now and wait for the rest of his teammates to get back on side. And they'll dump it in. Alexander Gergiev will take a look as this goes off the stretch of the glass and sent back down now for the abs. 35 seconds left to go here. In the Seattle power play, one minute left to go here in the second period as this is shot right in, sent back around now. And this will be an opportunity for O'Connor as he's trying to kill some time on Seattle's power play. they got about 20 seconds in which to do so. But inconceivably, they have tied this game at three. And as we talked about, the theme of today is overtime. We're trying to see if all four of these contests will go into OT, but we do need another period of regulation to decide that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about, I don't know about that one, John, because the way this game is, the way this game, if this game starts, goes from a, an offensive shootout to a goalie duel, I will be very surprised. Yeah, because both like, of these teams will can score on a dime. 
It does seem like that, like the water faucet has been turned on. You got eight seconds left to go here in the second. One more time for a rush here for Ellie Tolvanen. As this gets slapped around, it'll be a race for the puck centered out in front. But that is going to end in the second period. It's a 3-3 tie between the Abs and the Kraken. And whoever wins this one will take a 2-1 series lead. And the fans here at Climate Pledge Arena are hoping that the Kraken are the ones take a 2-1 series lead on the defending champions. Because, man, they've been loud and proud, just like they have been through all the Seahawks games, through all the Mariners games. And probably also as well, if I can add, as well as honorable mentions, the Seattle Sounders FC and the Seattle Storm of the WNBA. The Seattle Sounders play the MLS. For the way that all this stuff is going too, Alec, why not throw back in the Seattle Supersonics? Bring them back to Washington. Oh, I'd be open to that. Well, if only they didn't relocate to OKC. Right. that crowd used to be electric. So we're going to go ahead into the second intermission again. I'm going to go ahead and type some of these notes in if you guys want to carry the rest of this away, and I'll be right back in a few minutes. All right, so we'll get the scoring reset here for or through 40 minutes here. I might be. So how we got here. Oh. Then Ryan O'Reilly. If one last-minute tying goal tally wasn't enough, then prepare yourselves for two. O'Reilly ties up literally at the final minute. Literally at the final minute. Because there were exactly 60 seconds left of action. Defeats from William Nealander and Mitch Marner. Marner's sixth assist of the series. That ties the game up free to send the game to overtime. Ironically, that was the exact same score that the least last overtime game was heading into that game. And just like the last overtime game between the Leafs and Bolts, it was 3-3 late and headed late into the first overtime, this time with a different outcome. Braden Point? No. This time, Morgan Riley. Was involved in a controversy earlier in the game after he, he and, Br and Point collide awkwardly with each other along the boards. Point got shaken up, favoring that left elbow. He returned to the game to finish it. Both of these guys were on the ice for that overtime winner. And tell you what, there was actually a line brawl in this game but before the goal by O'Reilly. But it was Riley off the face-off uh, off the face-off win by O'Reilly for the overtime winner with 45 seconds left. So, please take this one for free. Now on to the last overtime game. That went to of this this game it's this day, but just before tonight's game, probably will get a fourth. Who knows? But as Chris cried with his fifth goal of the series and the first at even strength, defeats from Mika Zabanadad and Patrick Kane at free very nice second period. Then Jack Hughes ties it up on the power play from Dougie Hamilton and Jesper Bratt. This was a goaltending duel in which Akira Schmidt in his first career playoff start. Stopped 35 of 36 Rangers shots. Igor Shesterkin stopped 26 of 28. As the last shot was a Dougie Hamilton overtime winner. His first playoff overtime winner of his career. From Jesper Bratt and Nico Heischer at the 11.36 mark. Devils get back in the series with a 2-1 win. 
So thank you for that, Alec, on that side. I am back. He gave you all of those recaps, and you got to make sure you, you give Alec a big hand because all those games went in OT. And as he said now, we will see. Thank you for that. We needed to do that because it's 3-3 between the Avs and Seattle. And as he said, we will see if this one's going to go to OT. Why not? Everything else has been. I wasn't thinking it was going to, but I also didn't know Seattle would score Two goals in 19 seconds. So I'm going to go ahead and cheat for tomorrow and see what the upcoming games are going to be. We'll give you that little sneak preview as we're in the middle of the second intermission. So I'm TNT at 1 Eastern. It's going to be Hurricanes and Islanders. And all of a sudden now, I feel like, especially with the injuries that were sustained to Carolina, when you think about Svechnikov and Tivo Teravine and the Islanders get a big win. I mean, didn't they score like four goals in about two minutes on that? And they completely turned it the other way against Santi Ranta. And we will see if they can tie this series at two. Maybe we will get the seven-game series that I thought it was going to be. I took Carolina on that end. But we'll see if the Islanders can even it up. What do you say, Alec? I think that the Islanders could definitely even this series against the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes have lost eight straight playoff games on the road dating back to 2020, their 2021 second-round series against Tampa Bay, Game 4. So eight straight losses on the road for them, and it's not looking great on that part. They lost all six of their road playoff games yeah. last year. Plus the Islanders, as you mentioned, four goals in two minutes and 18 seconds. That would be the fastest four goals in Stanley Cup playoff history. And this is a team that people accuse of being of playing boring hockey. I don't think the Islanders play boring hockey. They play a tight defensive style of hockey that involves a lot of saves and goaltending and a lot of blocks. Yeah. You know, people not like that style. That's the brand that they embrace. They play fundamental style hockey. It actually... Okay, different sport, but if you watched the NBA back in the early 2000s or, or in the in the 90s and the early 2000s, you heard that you heard the same shtick about the San Antonio Spurs, the the team that played the most boring basketball, and yet what did it culminate into? Championships, wins. Five, about about five championships <laughs> over. Five championships spanning uh, two decades, about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dating back to 1999, the last of which came in 2014. So, five championships in 16 years. Yeah, defense wins. That's what they always talk about. And you're right on there on the inside. So, I'm thinking about this. I don't know if I'm going to have a guest host tomorrow because I plan on doing a solo effort between the Bruins and the Panthers. But I might not be in a guest host for Stars and Wild, if that is the case, be more of a lax broadcast. But first we'll start with the Bruins and the Panthers. I don't think the Panthers, honestly, have played a bad game in this series so far. But we will see if they can even up the series. I think they're going to need to at FLA Live Arena. But I do like the way that they're playing. and I think they're trying to press the Bruins as much as they can. Although, I will say, I think the Bruins will win tomorrow at 3.30 on TNT. Yeah, but then again, but then again, just what, but then again, when you think about, when I think about how Florida at the, at the, in, toward the tail end of game two, just completely dismantled the Bruins and, and, pour, and poured on, and poured on the scoring, I truly believe that the, Pan, that the Panthers, 
can it can take the series. Wow, that's a shock. That would be the only one, Ian, that would shock me. If if if, if you're picking one team out of the eight series to to take a series, it would shock me if the Panthers win. It would shock me as well because this this on paper feels like a heavy mismatch between both of these teams. However. The game is not played on paper. It's played on the ice. Right. But again, I mean, we saw, you know, we saw what happened in game two. Boston can crack. Right? Boston can... There are little chinks in the armor. Despite, Despite doing their best to look impenetrable, remember, the Florida Panthers were one of the few teams to beat them not once, but twice during the regular season. Yep, and alongside the Ottawa Senators did the same thing. Look, I understand to your point, yes, they do play in the same division, but I agree with you in the sense that Florida is a very physical team. They're a really good team, and by the way, that uh, when you think about Brandon Montour and Matthew Kachuk, uh, those moves have worked out pretty well as far as getting more ice time and getting a trade. So we'll see how that one goes. The other game on TBS, before we get to the late one, is Stars and Wild. And that series has been one of a ton of momentum swings. If any of you guys are fighting game fans, I feel like it's Mortal Kombat against those two teams because it's just a bunch of fatalities all over the place. And we'll see who's going to end up getting it out of there. And whoever does is going to be very sore heading into a long series, I imagine. Yeah, well, ask you know, ask Alex. When we were when we were doing the when we were doing our predictions, I told him straight up that it was that it, that I couldn't pick a winner. I couldn't I couldn't pick a winner between those two because it felt like these are two teams with severe flaws, with severe with with flaws that can be easily exposed going in. Plus, you know, if you want to take the if you want to take the hockey aspect out of, well, if you want to take the like like the skill based stuff and analytics out of it, there was also the fact that that Minnesota, like, and Minnesota has it has the moniker of close but never close enough. So it's you know, it's that you could say. You know, you could have made the argument that the Stars were going to win the series, but but the Stars, if you remember, in the early to mid part of the season, were really inconsistent, losing to the likes of Chicago and other bad teams. That is how you lose your division lead on that side. I wrote the broadcast part all the stuff yesterday with Don Tottingham when we were listening. He said he doesn't believe in Minnesota or Dallas, but he did say that it was going to be a seven-game series. It's going to be a barroom brawl, and that's certainly what it feels like right now. We'll just try to see which bodies are available. I will say this, though. If Dallas goes down 3-1, and they head back to American Airlines, they're going to be in a world of hurt. And I don't think they'll recover from a 3-1, Alec. Yeah, it will be very hard to do so. Because a 3-1 lead is very hard to surmount. The New York Rangers did it last year. So it's possible. It's possible, but it's just... Uh, man, I mean... Again, I know we talked about it from the Monday when we were all here on that side. 
Joe Pavelski's a piece, and Dallas is really going to need him. I don't even know if he's going to come back in this playoffs should they advance. Yeah, but about that series, you know, last year between the Rangers and the Penguins, you know, uh, the, you know those first those first uh, those first three games that that the uh, or rather those three games that the Penguins won, you could really see those those last three games. Shashirkin was a completely different goalie. It, it, it's almost like he had. It's almost like they hadn't switched him on yet. Yeah. So, no, like that, especially in games three and four. Yeah, so unless someone who goes down 3-1 is e- either switches up the other goalie or switches on their own, you know, I I don't th- I don't think we're going to see a blown 3-1 series lead if any of them get to that point. No, I don't think so either. It'd be tough to say if, if the Wild got to that point, I don't think so either. And Dallas, I think they are in must-win territory tomorrow, so we'll see what happens with that. I will close with the Oilers and Kings here. That's the final game at 9 p.m. on TBS. Gentlemen, as you know, I took the Kings last year in seven. I was wrong on that end, and that was without Doughty and Arvidsson. I'm still going Kings in seven. The Oilers need to bounce back tomorrow. It's got to be emphasis on discipline, on on them if they're going to bounce back and take game four, because they took ill-advised penalties in games one and three that led to Kings' power play goals. Even though there was a lengthy review, that puck may have went off the back of Matthias Ekholm that could nullify any discussion of a high stick. So the Oilers need to emphasize on discipline, and they got to do it. They have to, and discipline, as Alex said, that's the most important word of the day in that series. So we're underway now, the third period puck drop in Climate Pledge Arena, and it's a tie hockey game courtesy of two goals, 19 seconds apart from Jamie Alexiak and Maddie Beneers, the rookie, getting it done. That's the jersey I got on the YouTube side for anyone that's curious. But again, I'm just from Detroit, Michigan, on this side doing a stream alongside a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. And what about you, Ian? What team do you root for? Well, um... Uh, because, um, that is a very... Kansas City? I know the Chiefs and all that, so you're from Kansas City or no? Yeah, I'm from, yeah, I'm from Kansas City. We don't have a pro hockey team. I wish we did. I really wish we did. But, (laughs) but, um, but I guess the closest one would be the St. Louis Blues. There you go. At least they've had uh, some good cup success on that end as we are back underneath it. 1845. At the next, at the next commercial break, I'll explain. I'll explain my dilemma because I'll actually I'll just say this: a bunch of my family, like all the family on my dad on my dad's side, they they all live in Chicago. Right. Yeah, that would be very uh, interesting on that side. You have the Chicago Blackhawks, so at least the original six. So it's 26 to 19. Colorado has the shots on goal advantage, but admittedly they're in a brand new hockey game. And this is a great drop pass. Gergiev took a piece of it with the left pad as this is still kept live. They were trying to see if this was played with a high stick, but it wasn't for Matt Veneers. And this is sent back down again, left to right in this third period here for the Seattle Kraken. As this pass gets picked off, but only for a moment there. 
for Byram as there's some more contact. Nathan McKinnon back in his own end. But he gets stick lifted. This is played in behind the net right now. As Seattle is like hyenas on hamburger meat right now. They're trying to find this puck as this gets recollected by Nathan McKinnon off the jump stop. And he'll play Wait. it near the right side of the wall. Drive it here for Bowen Byram, and this one gets knocked away. As Tolvanen had his hands up in the air, he was waiting for a penalty on that end, but this is still with Seattle. They'll just flip it into the neutral zone right now, but it's turned over, but offsides because Evan Rodriguez never got back. Uh, John, did I just hear you say hyenas on hamburgers? Yeah, sometimes or when it's like on... raw meat, you know, hyenas, they'll go after the oh, show on okay. that side, yeah. Okay, guys, yeah, yeah, it's a... Hyenas. That's a. Hyenas. Sorry, it's that. That's something that doesn't. That's a. That's a rarely used animal when describing anything. <laughs> I but, uh, I like to keep everybody on their toes. There's a big hit the other way. Jamie Alexiak gets a chance to pick this up now off the forehand as this just gets sticked away by the avalanche. Near the right side of the boards, Turbo is the one that absorbs the hit. Here's a spin for Tolvanen, and now this might go the other way for Devin Taze. He's on the left side wall, drop as it almost slot scores! Avalanche take the lead! Miko Rantanen. Oh my goodness, it, the crowd here has gone silent. You can hear a pin drop in here after that goal by Colorado. So Jaden Schwartz turns that over in the abs. On the free on two is Devontae setting that up. Sweet feed right across to yes. Miko Ratchet for the tying goal. Got Philip Grubauer to open up, and the champs are still dancing. And that, as you said, Alec, is an absolutely gorgeous sauce feed from Taze to Miko Rantanen. Quick shot, opens up the five hole, no chance Grubauer. And Colorado out in front again. This has been a wild night of hockey, and we'll see how it concludes. Absolutely wild. So now a 4 3 lead. I would not be surprised if there's a tying goal late, uh, late in the period, knowing how this slate of games today have gone. Well, so you're just saying bring on the drama, and I'm all for it right now. As it's 16.40 left to go in the third. Spending champs take the lead. Now they drive to the net. Grubauer down, and somebody in Colorado is absorbed inside the net. Is this is picked up now by the Avalanche? And oh, what a big hit against McCann as he loses his bucket. And this goes the other way for Seattle as another one is down. And slow to get up. I don't get a number on that one. But Alec, there's bowling pins all over the ice. Someone's played bowling right here because I don't know who let in one of the professional bowlers out there. Oh, Jared McCann got absolutely steamrolled right towards the ball. And there was another one that was slow to get up. Oh, yeah. He might be in some pain. Yeah. And he's getting off to the bench and under his own power. So Evan Rodriguez now. Kill McCarr. Bowen Byram. It's Nathan McKinnon. What a spin move. Let's it go. And that gets blocked. Oh, my goodness. Nathan McKinnon with a wizardry. As this is picked up now, Byram. And now Byram sends it across. Here's McKinnon dancing, working his way, shot scores! Nathan McKinnon, we're not worthy! Oh! Oh! What a spin move by Nathan McKinnon. I, I think he did two spin moves in the offense as well. This man, 
out of all the teams that out of all the players that are active in the playoffs, I feel Nathan McKinnon elevates his game the most come playoff time. And, and here, here he is showing once again that he's proven that he can elevate his game come playoff time. Nice spinorama and nice goal. Alec, I understand what we saw from Connor McDavid the other day, but what I just saw from Nathan McKinnon there, Connor, eat your heart out. That's incredible. I'll tell you, Connor, Connor McDavid, probably he's due for one game like this that McKinnon's been having right now. So probably game four if he were to break out. But so far, the Philip Deneau line's been putting him right in clamps. But McKinnon? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, that was an absolute jaw-dropper. As we go the other way now here for Seattle, we will see how they answer. And I just can tell you, you don't see many goals that are prettier than that. As Miko Rantanen now, he's near the players' bench. The Avalanche gets some full-scale line changes as this is sent back around. Bowen Byram, he gets off of a half hit as this try to get recollected by L.A. Tolvanen and now pushed. Here are the Avalanche again off a two-on-one opportunity. In a diving attempt, this will negate the pass across. Here comes the bomb, and this will go near the left side of the wall. All avalanche right now as they continue to drive. Mulgan gets punished against the boards as they try to locate it. Turbo is right out in front with Carson Soucy and Lars Eller as this goes around the referee. Some more contact as Ellie Tolvanen. This might fall right to him. And now Seattle will just sauce past this in between the avalanche legs. And this will be sent back down to Josh Manson. I can't believe what we just witnessed there for Nathan McKinnon. But again, it's a two-goal leader for Colorado. This has been a back-and-forth type of game. It's been a lot of fun. Evan Rodriguez with a no-look pass. Gets settled down by the defense. Kale McCarr out there with Bowen Byram. McCarr will send it across. Here comes the shot. This goes near the right side of the wall. Evan Rodriguez from the former Pittsburgh Penguins. He will collect. McCarr. He's dancing now across the blue line. Settle it up in the high slot. Nathan McKinnon again. Feels like he's out there on every shift. It's Bowen Byram. Well, crisscross just hold the blue line. And they'll just put it in an open area of the right side dot. As this is sent back here for Carson Soucy. And Alec, we have to see what type of answer Seattle is going to come with because they need one. I wonder. Because the 11 2 goals here in the third period. And now you're looking for a response right here. But still, the Seattle team knows how to fight right back. And they show fight in those first two games. I want to see some fight here in this third period at their home ice. And they almost turned it over right in front of their own zone. There was a cross pass on the other end. Tried to set it out in front of a Gurgiev who was down. And who's going to race Phil to keep this over again? It was just kept in by Will Borgen. And now here's McCann. McCann trying to get this pass and Matt Nieto. Gets the steal, plays this off the backhand, and flips it down. This is not ice. It's waved off as Jamie Alexiak will take a look at the zebra. And now it's an opportunity. Will Borgen, this is a nice pickup by Matty Beneers. Matty Beneers will sauce this here to Daniel Strong. Strong now near the right side. This will get saved by the right glove hand of Alexander Gurgiev and pushed down across the neutral zone. We're getting dangerously close to the halfway marker of this third period. John on here. On the play-by-play, -play, being joined by Alec Nava and Kohler and Ian on the other side as he was giving us updates across everything, giving us thoughts as well in the intermission. This has been a lot of fun. Here's Daniel Sprong in a penalty hand in the air of the avalanche on a hook. 
We'll see about this one because the Avalanche getting was it the Avalanche getting caught or was it? This was the Avalanche. They're getting busted for a hook, and this will be the Kraken on a power play. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be so. The Kraken going on the power play here, and they need to get one here. They have not converted thus far on the man advantage. If there's a time to convert on the power play, it's here. Because yes, we're Froden gets taken down right on the hook. And as I noted out earlier with Ian and a separate cast, for some reason the last name Froden kind of reminds me of Frodo Baggins. Huh. <laughs> You're giving me a Lord of the Rings reference. I was wondering if it was going to walk right into that one. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't, I actually, unfortunately. So Kraken going on the power play and they need to convert here because they haven't converted on Angel's chances. The emphasis here throughout this game, special teams. And the Kraken, they were 0 for 5 entering in tonight on the power play. So the apps, they weren't that much better. And, the, and this Kraken, they've already given up a shorthanded goal. They look to avoid that again. Now they're 0 for 9 on the series. Uh, it has definitely got to change if they want to prolong anything across. We did give you all the NHL reset. I'm just going to go ahead and take a peek at these NBA scores and we see what ends up going across. So let's take a look at it make sure that I got my dates correct because ESPN doesn't want to load the correct date. So what are the scores that we have? It is the Lakers all over the Grizzlies 90-68 to and as you said, Dylan Brooks, he was the one that got kicked out. He was the one calling LeBron old. Do you think you're going to walk right into a buzzsaw on that end? Probably should be closing his mouth or anybody on the Grizzlies side because they might get sunned here and they're down 90-68. to 68. And the other finals, I was very surprised as I was watching this game a little bit. I know no Giannis, but the Heat, 121-99. They open up a can on the Bucks. Yeah, a John. They really have, and this was a masterclass by the Miami Heat on the Giannis West Bucks, and, yeah. and a masterclass by Jimmy Butler in the playoffs once again, and getting a lot of help from Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, and Caleb Martin off the bench. So, John, in regards to the in regards to the Dylan Brooks LeBron situation, there's a there's a phrase that's, you know, it, it's used sparingly, but I believe it goes, if you, I believe it goes, if you come for the king, you best not miss. Yes, I've heard Alec mention that too. When we do get to a commercial break, I will give you my thoughts. As we're in the middle of a Seattle power play here, Matty Beneers tried to send this across. I won't forget about that as Wimberg will pick this up and now... Here comes Colorado. This is short-handed. They've already looked good on it one time. And this is played off the backhand, sent back around the embankment. 11.25 left to go in this third as Colorado will go ahead and take their change, make sure they're fresh for the kill. And as Alec mentioned, Seattle got to get going here with the extra man. They're a pretty good 5-on-5 five -five team, but their special teams leaves a lot to be desired when you go across those numbers. They're around the... 21st range out of 32 teams on both the kill and the power play as this is sent in now. Here's Matty Beneers toward the right side line. Again, the zebra got to get out of the way. It's just a massive humanity as this is sent back around in the high slot. Try to send it a bobbling puck, and this goes up and out of play with 10.56. And to your point really quick, 
as we get a stoppage. Yeah, you can't. When you're going in and you're opening your mouth and you're talking about all the other stuff on defense and what you can do, don't forget you have LeBron and Anthony Davis in one of those games, especially a game when they combine for 10 blocks and a ton of points. And with John Morant not being available and some of these other things, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers take that series against the trash-talking Grizzlies as if they need any more motivation. Yeah, and actually... I mean, it's, a, it's all about respecting your elders in, <laughs> in this bar. similar to what between the Devils and Rangers in the first two games of it. So, Lakers-Grizz, we just basically respect your elders, and the Lakers are putting out on full display in Game 3. Yeah, they yeah. do, and we will give you a full reset of the rest of the NBA stuff when we get a break here, because we haven't hit those just yet, get everybody's thoughts. So, Ali Tolvin in now... He's trying to get this away from Taze, and this will be a chance for Oliver Bjorkstrand. This is the second line out here for Dave Huxtall's squad. Here's a flipping play. That's just kept in. Vince Dunn sent it across the defensive partner, now Dunn in the high slot. There's a slap pass opportunity from Yanni Gord, and this goes up on a play with 10 28 and third. So I'll tell you, <clears throat> the Kraken not really doing that great on the power play, though. This is nothing new. This was their. What their tenth opportunity on the man advantage, and, and the Avalanche—they're just holding them off on on that man advantage opportunities like they have been throughout the, these three games. Yes, they have been, and again, as they just noted it, as Alex said on the TBS side, they're struggling. And you want to talk about—I know it's an obvious statement—when your power play is in about the fifteen percent marker and your penalty kills barely above seventy percent. I mean, that's just not going to get it done, especially against a team like the Avs. And now this is a chance for Seattle the other way. Essentially, now they're going to go 0 for 5 as we're getting very close to the halfway marker in regulation. This doesn't seem like OTs in the cards, but again, we did have two goals in 19 seconds for the crack, and they're going to need a similar play. And this is turned over. It was O'Connor to Nieto off the give and go. And that was saved. The Avalanche 0 for 7 on the power play in the series. The crack and 0 for 10, 0 for 17 combined. That absolutely stinks as this is picked up now near the left side of the red line. Avalanche trying to continue to just press in the Seattle end. And now here's an opportunity for Ryan Donato. And they'll flip this around the end boards as this is kept in and now spun and played, I think, off the netting. We'll get a stoppage with 929 and take a commercial break. I will give you some other scores here because we mentioned about Bucks and Heat. I was also surprised because I caught up a little bit of that game while I was eating some dinner that it seemed like the Heat Arena was a little bit half full at American Airlines Arena on that side, which surprised me. But the other two finals that we have is the Nets, they sweep. The Nets get swept by the Philadelphia 76ers. They lose 96-88. And the Suns take a 112-100 lead against the Phoenix Suns. And I want to make sure, I know the recorder's on, so I'm not going to go too much in detail. But I know Kawhi Leonard, I don't think he was available for this one, but I saw something on the internet, Alec. I wasn't sure if it was true. I don't know if you saw it either, but did they say Kawhi Leonard's sister got arrested on murder charges? Um, I did see... He got life without parole. Oh, wow. He got life without parole on that, yeah. Yeah. I read the headline. So how I... in the hell... If you're Kawhi Leonard, I know he's injured, but how do you even concentrate on something like that, let alone in a basketball game? That's absolutely crazy. I have no idea. I mean, I, it, it feels really hard to focus on the mental aspect of that, especially when you have your sister get arrested on, on those charges for life and life, and get sentenced to life without parole for that. 
it feels like, like it's a hard thing to concentrate on that and that you're also injured and that there's no timetable for return. Right. But it feels really hard to concentrate. Yeah, it's, it was absolutely nuts when I saw that. I just wanted to double check with you guys to make sure my four eyes wasn't seeing something that uh, I just couldn't believe. I know we're in the middle of a commercial break in our game right now, and maybe this will be the one game, and I'll have you guys have a little bit of a break here as we might not get overtime. And I know yeah. last time when we all met together on the Monday between Dallas and Minnesota, that was a lengthy one as it went double OT when Ryan Hartman got the game one. So it, so it was funny. Regarding, yeah. so regarding the um, 76ers and Nets series, there was actually a... Um, there, there's a player on the Washington Wizards right now. Um, his name is Kyle Kuzma. Mm-hmm. He said that the Nets, he claimed that the Nets don't win, um, don't play winning basketball, and he got torched, and he got um, rebu- um, replied to by another NBA player. Well, now people are, are, are putting out, I don't think it's a hashtag, but they're saying, um, but, they're, but they're putting in their post, um, this is Grubauer that tries to play it, and one of the avalanche runs into each other, and Seattle dodges a disaster. You might be talking about the Spencer Dinwiddie situation that I saw that was kind of funny when they clap back at each other as well, as this is collected now by Seattle and across the red line, and it's Jaden Shorts, plays it off the forehand, trying to get around J.T. Coffer, as Daniel Sprong sends it back around the embankment. This will be able to do the left side of the blue line and flipped in. Sprong will play this off the backhand. Now work his way to his forehand. Look for a centering pass in the slot as the Avalanche still have a 5-3 lead. This is flipped in the other way by Devin Tays. And now Philip Grubar will touch. Over under 9.5. That's what DraftKings Sportsbook says right now. And if you're at over, it's plus 140. I think we might see some more goals, let alone an empty net pool. As this gets an opportunity now for Colorado to put this here the other way for Nieto. And now Cogliano will come together here for Borgen. Borgen with his stretch pass. This gets collected. Flip out of the air across the red line here for Yanni Gord. And now Seattle will try to get reorganized. And toward Oliver Bjorkstrand, but this hits the outside of the cage. This is kept in by the Kraken. They're in their first ever playoff game at Climate Predge. They're trying to avoid going down 2-1 to the defending Stanley Cup champions. But Colorado has started to find their offense. And again, none of these are power play goals. Again, it's a combined 0 for 17. And the Avalanche 0 for 7. Kraken 0 for 10. They've certainly had their chances. Justin Schultz against Arturi Lackanen. A battle near the right side of the red line. Is this just being held right now in the Avalanche? Very content to kill time as this is recollected and put around the end boards. A chance for Bowen Byram now near the left side of the blue line as they'll crisscross. And this gets taken away as Seattle might have something off the step through as Manny Veneers trying to buy some time. And Everlay fired one that went wide and out of play. And I'll tell you, Seattle needs to really step up here in this third period if, if they want to get the momentum back towards their favor. Because they had that hill towards their favor when they scored their two, two goals in 19 seconds. But it seems to be slipping from their grasp. And you kind of wonder, Alec, if that side, if it isn't just slipping for the rest of this game, but maybe for the rest of the series. Because like you said, they definitely got to answer. They have to. Because... Everything seems to be going towards Colorado's favor here in this 
third period. So the last two postseasons, we take a look at a Kill McCarr, 32 points in 23 games, and that's our defense, folks. Adam Larson now in toward the right side of the red line. This will fall right back to the avalanche, and they can quickly press the other way. Here's Nieto. He'll go for the bank pass as Donato gets the steal, knocks down JT Comfer. But Bo and Byram is there to be able to provide support as we've hit about 6.30 left to go on the third. Here's a play off the back pass. Rantanen's cross off the sauce. And that's saved by Grubauer with the left pad. And this is sent back across the defensive partner for Seattle. And Dave Hextall's squad can start again. Everybody taking line changes, even Jared Bednar's squad. As this goes across the tentacle last. Stolen here by the Avalanche. And a quick little drive-by by Andrew Cogliano. But this will be Seattle. That finds this goes back in their own end after this gets dumped in from 100 feet by the Avs. Picked up across the neutral zone. Devin Taze will do the same as Grubauer will have to play it. Here comes the forecheck here for the Avalanche, but Seattle will have to look to start again. Left to right in this third period. Again, they're in the home Navy in their first ever playoff game at Climate Pledge. Again, they're in their second season, and it's very hard to believe from the first year when they were really a true expansion team. They had that type of year. They didn't have the Vegas magic. But now in the second season, they're playing against the defending champs, and at least they're playing like so far that they're more than just happy to be here. They're trying to give the Avalanche their best effort, and they've done a good job, but they've got to be able to continue on the special teams to make an improvement because 0 for 10 on the power play is not going to get it done. Is Yanni Gord. This goes here for Jimmy Alexiak, but he's off sides. You get a stoppage of 518. Yeah, it's amazing to think. But moreover, you know, we talked about Seattle a lot, but once again, I don't know if anyone's noted this on, on any of the broadcasts of these games, but considering if you look back about about six, six or seven years ago, where the Avalanche were, Jared, um, the Avalanche were They were... You know, they were the, one of the bottom feeders of the league. Jared Bednar, people were talking about Jared Bednar getting fired. Joe Sackett going from one of the most beloved people in Colorado to being one of the most hated. And then a, and then a series of events led to their fortune. One of, one of the more significant events being that absolute, being a trade that had people's, people asking uh, Pierre Dorian how you made the bumbling Joe Sackick look like a genius, which netted them which netted them the fourth overall pick, thereby being Kale McCarr, and the rest you know from there, they just continue to improve. There you go, because the, the Matthew Chantre was a series of complexities, and that also involved Nashville as well, which... Colorado also landed Sam Gerrard, who was previously on Nashville's system before landing with Colorado. That's that's right, because they they got him as a result of the Kyle Turris trade. That too. That yeah, just that seems stuff. like everything that Joe Sackick has touched is as an executive and just as a player has turned to gold because this Avalanche team is uh, ready for bear. I don't know if they're going to repeat, admittedly, but when you think about Miko Ranton and Nathan McKinnon and Kel McCarr, tell me which NHL team wouldn't want any of those players. Uh, well, we'll call her, well, the Avalanche have all three, so what does that tell you? Right. But again, but 
I'll never forget. I'll never forget um, a YouTuber that Alec and I frequent, Urinating Tree, when he made a video on the Ottawa Senators and he talked about the Matt Duchesne trade. <laughs> His exact. When he went over the details of that trade, his exact words were, Dorian, how did you make, how the F did you make the bumbling Joe Sackick look like a genius? Everything that he always talks about on the hockey side is funny. I remember one of the ones he did with Ottawa, they forgot their paper at the draft board when they were an expansion franchise, so they had to just pick names out of a hat. It's actually a true story. As this is collected now across the red line, and this is dumped in offside with 513. That's right, because wasn't there expansion draft at the same time as Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was, if yeah. I remember. Yeah, at least Tampa Bay got, got away with uh, Brian Bradley, I think it was, from Toronto. Who actually became their the first like the first face of the Lightning franchise, if I remember my history correctly. And back then, when you had expansion teams, it didn't really fall into the gold like the Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken have, as far as being able to pick and choose the type of players you know that are available for them. But again, that's pretty good work there by Ron Francis to be able to turn that around. And if you're on the other side for Bill Foley in Vegas. Yeah, they've done a good job, but it kind of seems like they went all in too many times, and all their other depth now, Alec, in Vegas is gone. I know they're making their run, but I don't think Vegas is going to be sniffing a uh, Stanley Cup unless they kind of fall into it this year. The, the move for Vegas after... See, what, see here's the <clears throat> problem. They, feel, they felt like they had to... You know, that they had to deliver for their fan base. Here's the thing. You already got the fan base off to a great start. Right. If you, if you had just kept the current core around, you know, if, 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 the, if the fans were truly committed, they would have been okay with, with making it to the playoffs. But now, with these all-in pushes... You pretty much became a, a pariah to the rest of uh, to the rest of the league, not because you're trying to win all the time, but because of how you're how basically how you treat your players as um well you pretty much treat them as expendable assets. <laughs> no one really wants to commit to an organization where you know you're just going to get traded at any point in time. Yeah, the way they talk about Marc-Andre Fleury on that side is something to think about. And to the point now, Seattle, look, they stayed the course. They had a true expansion here. Look at where they are. I think they're in a much better spot as this will be flipped back around. Even though Vegas is still in the postseason, we will see how far their shelf life is. And that's what we're talking about. As we're watching the newest expansion franchise going up against the Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champs, they've been holding off pretty well. But now they've given up five goals, they kind of broken the well a little bit of Grubauer as this is sent back across. But again, Seattle's not struggling to score. But those special teams for both of these teams need a lot of work as it's 3.50 left to go in the third. And this is flipped in now for Seattle. They'll go ahead and take some changes. And they'll need to, Alec, on this side, might be thinking about pulling that goalie the next time they get across the next part in the offensive end as we've hit 3.35 left. And they may want to think about pulling Philip Grubauer the next time they get into the offensive zone. Probably use their time. Probably Dave Haxall could use his time out and get the extra attacker out there. 
Have you seen other coaches use their timeouts early, such as Rand Pecknell of Quinnipiac in the national championship game against Minnesota? And I think that's what they're doing right now. That's what they're going to be calling maybe a timeout here on the other side for Dave Hextall's squad because yeah, the shot and, came right in. And Grubauer is out of his perch, and yes, he is skating. He's skating to the bench, empty net. They had this. There are six attackers on for the Seattle Kraken. They're going for it. So Jordan Eberle, he's going to take the draw here instead of Matty Beneers, and I will see off the switch. Who it's going to be? It looks like Schwartz. So you got both the wingers here going up against Nathan McKinnon, and this is picked up by McKinnon. Flip back around the inboards, and now Seattle again. As Ian said, they got the extra attacker. They get a shot right on. They'll get an opportunity to do this again in the offensive zone. Draw with 3:23. So 3:23 left. It's 33 shots to 27 in favor of. The Colorado Avalanche here, Seattle needs a pair of goals. They don't have a lot of time to do it, and this does start with a face-off win. And for the second straight time, we'll have to do it again. It's Schwartz against McKinnon. He was good on the first draw, and now we will do this a third time. So let's see if we can get this going here with Nathan McKinnon. But this is won by Schwartz, and now Seattle will fire it right on. And this gets blocked aside. This is a rolling puck that will go just wide over edge. And this will be touched by Seattle, but this will not be ice, so we're still underway with 3.05 in the third. Seattle needs two goals. They're down 5-3. And a clearing attempt to get in the offensive zone gets fanned on, and this will allow Colorado to be able to kill some time before Seattle spills back and gains the red line, as this is Matty Beneers. The first line's out for Dave Hextall's squad as that pass goes a bit too far, and this is picked up now for Jordan Eberle. Jordan Eberle in the high slot, fake the pass, gets it now right wing side, working in behind the net. Matty Beneers sent it in the high slot, and this gets blocked off by a bunch of traffic of the avalanche, and this is flipped back down the ice. Here's a chance for Eberle near the right side wall, looking for shorts, and this is picked up. Kel McCarr will spin around, but he lost it. Jared McCann tries to put this around the end boards. It's a race for the puck right now. Couple of jabs at it, or Trey Lycan and throws it out in the middle. Into the empty net, it scores! Miko Rantanen! And this game's bottoms, it's over. Yep, this game. Dagger right to the Kraken's hearts. That, yep. That's gonna be a painful sight to watch if you're one of the spectators at Climate Pledge Arena. Just go out and support your team, and then that third period happens. You get two goals in the first five minutes. And then just when you're about to come right back, the fate is sealed. Yeah, well, to be fair, this is only the third game of the, se of the series, and and uh, the Kraken did themselves um, did themselves a favor by taking that game on on Colorado's ice, which I was not expecting at all. I was fully expecting Colorado. To take at least one game on Seattle's ice, uh, I was not expecting Seattle to to win to win in a in a thin in a in a thin air in a thin air zone like Colorado. Yeah, they definitely stole one at Ball Arena, but now you have to look about in the landscape of this series when they play again in a couple of days. That'll put you at the Monday side of it. 
that Seattle doesn't lose four straight games. That could very well happen. You think that they would take one. But to your point, Alec, on that side, who were the ones that scored in the third period? Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, and Rantanen again. That's heavy artillery, my friend. 132 left to go in this third as this gets recollected here. And did I lose Alec for a second there? Let me see. Yes, we did. Um, we did. It's we still listed that he's a seeker, but I think I think he maybe had a connection issues. He did. He was saying a couple broadcasts ago that the school Wi-Fi is always spotty. No, it's fine. I was going to speak to his point in the sense of Rantanen, McKinnon, and Rantanen. Those are the ones that finished it off. And now this will be sent back down with a minute 20 left to go in third. Again, within this full broadcast, this will be here with the broadcast and the story. And I should be back tomorrow. I don't know if it will be a solo call or not for uh, Dallas and uh, Minnesota. And then I'll be done for a little bit here for the next few days. As this will be recollected here for Daniel Sprung. We're down to a minute left to go. McCann will shoot this one. His bodies are just flying everywhere right now. And here's a half spin by Nathan McKinnon. And he throws a reverse hit as this gets back in across the red line now. Picked up by Seattle in their own end. And Colorado is going to find themselves up two games to one. And this will be the only game that doesn't go into OT. But we will see what's going to be called now on the ice with 43 seconds left. Looks like Maybe Nathan McKinnon's going something to box. going on between these two teams. Nathan McKinnon's got some words. I, wonder. I want to make sure to see what this is going to be against. He's going to be called for a cross check. But this is not going to matter much because the game's already sealed. No, yeah. it's no, it's not. And again, I guess the one thing you can say for Seattle, if they don't score on this, technically it adds to their uh, power play numbers. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Because that will continue to be a bagel on that end. Well, they'll be 0 for 11 if they don't score here. So 40 seconds left, and Seattle does score. They get right on the board. This is a slow knuckleball that goes in the net, and I think this is a chance for Jaden Schwartz. <laughs> well, um, you know, I mean, of the two teams, of the two teams now, Seattle's the only one to convert on a on a power play chance. So, yay! So Schultz and Schwartz combined again, and this one was a deflection. It'd be Gergia, but yeah, it's it's kind of a sarcastic golf club. Yay, isn't it, Ian? You're correct about that. Wait, hold on. It's like that. Uh, it's like that. I can't remember what game it's from, but it's like that meme. And there was much rejoicing. Yay! <laughs> that's, Yay! All, that's all it is right now. Is it six to four? And it's thirty seconds left to go in the third. So ten goals combined in between these explosive offensives. And now Seattle's got to essentially rush down the ice two more times, and they only got twenty seconds left to do so. So that doesn't look good. But here's the stretch pass from a hundred feet as this gets recollected. And now the goal crease is vacated again. But this will be with Seattle. They have it now with five seconds left. They're going to lose their first ever playoff game at Climate Pledge. But again, what do you guys think? A 6-4 game. I mean, it's not 
too far to imagine that Seattle, again, they got scored on by Colorado. Grubauer didn't have the greatest game, but they still hung in there, didn't they? Yeah, they did. It's another one of those games in which Seattle hangs in there and gives the Avalanche kind of a scare for, and they gave the Avalanche a scare for those two periods. But come that third period, that's when Colorado reminded Seattle who they are, and they did not let the hockey world down in Colorado on that part, on letting the, everyone know who they are. But but the fact of the matter is, John, Alec, if Seattle wants to win this series, we now know what the biggest factor is for this team. As of now, they are 1 for 11 on the power play. But remember, the Avalanche... Are, are they are Owens? They are yeah. Owens seven on the power play. If Seattle wants to win this series, they have to they have to score on their power play chances because you know despite not scoring much on the power play, they have killed every penalty that the that the um, that the Avalanche have um, have had, and also limit. The mistakes. Remember, JT Comfort scored scored a shorthander early in the contest. Yes, he did. And before we close everything out, we'll just let everybody know again on the Monday side. It'll be 10 p.m. Eastern on TBS. It'll be the Avalanche and Kraken for Game Four. Again, as always, gentlemen, I appreciate it. I'm gonna get the heck out of here and write the game story. Probably on my own tomorrow, maybe, maybe not, but it'll be uh, Minnesota and Dallas tomorrow before I get the heck out of here for the rest of the week. It might be Wednesday and Thursday. If I do get a chance to get any openings, I'll let you know about it. But uh, there's not going to be a lot of assignments from me next week, so I hope you guys do well. Alec, do well with all of your finals and all that. I know graduation is an exciting time, my friend, so keep your head up and uh, finish all that work. I know it's, a, it's a, definitely a drag. There's a lot of stuff going on. Oh, thank you, yeah. thank you. <laughs> we will see you guys. All right. Good night, everyone.